Welcome to Art Bell Somewhere in Time. Tonight featuring Coast to Coast AM from November 2nd, 1995. From the high desert and the great American Southwest, I bid you all good evening and good morning across all these many time zones. From the Tahitian and Hawaiian Islands where one can only imagine the setting. To the U.S. Virgin Islands where the setting is very similar in many ways. Then down to South America, north to the pole, this is Coast to Coast AM. Good morning. Good to be with you, everybody. And I say good morning because that, that would include the majority of the listeners out there. Well, I don't know if that's true. Probably have to do some calculations on that. Anyway, last night, I want to bring this up first. Um, I mentioned, as a lot of media did, uh, about a thing called the Good Times virus, computer virus running around rampantly, uh, allegedly on America Online. Well, some people say it is a hoax. A lot of people say it's a hoax. Maybe it is a hoax. And uh, that would be good if it is a hoax. Nevertheless, uh, if I were to get, let me put it this way, if I were to get a message entitled Good Times, it would get deleted faster than the, uh, the speed of light. I sure wouldn't open it, so, um, but it may be, well, maybe uh, an urban computer hoax, who knows. All right, well, I've got a lot of things to mention, but I, I've got one thing to mention first. Uh, that's kind of a personal joy, and I haven't been able to say anything about it until now, and uniquely now I can. In my time zone, uh, it remains a very interesting day for my business. Today, November 2nd, marks the 75th anniversary of commercial broadcasting in the United States. Station KDKA in Pittsburgh is credited with the first broadcast on 2 November 1920 with a broadcast of the Harding-Cox election returns, asking the audience if they heard the newscast then they should be, uh, respond by writing to the station. And that was sent to me by my board up, uh, Rick uh, Jacobs, down at KTUC in Tucson. And I ached last night to be able to tell you what I'm now going to tell you. Not that it will be meaningful to most of you, but it will give you some idea of how I feel about radio. Uh, as many of you know, uh, my wife is also an ex-broadcaster. I say X only in the sense that she's not presently on. We've toyed with her doing a show and so forth. But um, on the 75th anniversary of commercial broadcasting, uh, I went out, we went out, got some attorneys and broadcast engineers, very competent people, and my little town of Pahrump, not technically a town, I guess, we're sort of a... An area of assembly <laughs> we have not incorporated uh, as of yet, though there's a big fight going on about that. Um, we, um, we filed with the Federal Communications Commission, my wife filed in her name, um, for a radio station license to broadcast here in the little town of Perum. And the filing date is now closed, and uh, one has to keep one's mouth shut until the day it closes. So I thought it was kind of unique that my wife filed her application 
on the 75th anniversary of the initiation of all commercial broadcasting in this country. It, it won't be a big one, 6,000-watt uh, FM radio station here. And uh, there's not a whole lot of FM here, uh, to be honest with you. Uh, in fact, um, there is really only one station licensed to the area that serves sort of this area and Las Vegas. And uh, there was a time when uh, you could not walk into any establishment in this town, in this little town, without hearing that station uh, playing in the background. And they played oldies but goodies. It is one of my favorite formats. I love oldies, old, oldies uh, rock and roll. And um, at some point, um, you know, you've got to bear in mind, I'm in a very rural little farming community type area here in the high desert. And uh, that just went over very well. They loved it. And then the station, of course, inevitably a year or two ago, underwent changes and um, the, the dawn of Howard Stern. Well, uh, Howard Stern didn't go over real well here in Pahrump, Nevada, as you might imagine. So uh, Pahrump uh, was left without uh, a station. So uh, we have rough plans to do the following. Now, it's a long process. Everything with the government and the Federal Communications Commission goes uh, very slowly. But if granted the license, we will um, we'll go back to the oldies that uh, Pahrump loved. And then uh, perhaps at uh, 11 o'clock at night through, say, 4 o'clock or 6 o'clock in the morning, we will naturally throw a switch and um, broadcast this program to the residents of Pahrump, and they can listen to their hometown boy. So there it is. And if any of you have any comments on broadcasting in general, as you know, I'm a total radio freak. I love radio of every kind, shortwave, medium wave, <laughs> long wave. I've been in radio since I was old enough to begin taking apart my mama's toaster. And that's, uh, you know, I kind of, I started building little things in um, cardboard boxes. I started building electronics in cardboard boxes when I was very young. So there you are. And uh, I think it was auspicious that this filing took place on this particular very historic date. And uh, Rick down at KTUC uh, says, and it's too bad I was not able to get, but he actually has a recording of that scratchy first broadcast from KDKA in Pittsburgh. Now, we can get it, but it'll be a couple days late. Maybe we'll get it on for the 100th anniversary or something of uh, radio broadcasting. Anyway, that's something new going on in my life that I wasn't able to tell you about until now. And it's very exciting for us. You're listening to Art Bell, Somewhere in Time. Tonight featuring Coast to Coast AM from November 2nd, 1995. Now, on to the news of the day. In Miami, I'm sure you've heard another school bus problem. Another school bus in the news. A bus full of um, children with learning disabilities was hijacked early in the morning by some guy who said that he had tax problems with the IRS and a bomb strapped to his leg. 
He apparently jumped on the bus at a railroad crossing. Driver of the bus kept her head. Uh, had communication going with the police, held a mic open. A negotiation ensued and failed. A chase ensued that went on for about 15 miles at low speed. Another low speed chase. It culminated with the uh, crack of rifle shots, three of them, which um, uh, entered the body of the hijacker, uh, causing him to expire. The hijacker was a 42-year-old uh, man named uh, Catalino Sang, and there was only, uh, fortunately, one child injured, so it's a godsend. The only question, well, there are a couple of questions I can think of to ask you about this. One is, again, why are so many people wigging out, flipping out, kind of like somebody threw, you know, just throws a switch, and boom, they go nuts. Grab a gun, grab some kids, grab some hostages, more and more and more and more of that thing, uh, kind of thing going on, and more chases going on. And NBC uh, ran a pretty interesting piece from some, some fellow who said what we really need, and he pointed to the OJ chase and all the other chases that have occurred, the low-speed and high-speed chases, that um, when carried live by... Uh, for example, uh, any uh, large market station, particularly in L.A., they have more chases than anybody else. And it's a big ratings grabber, and so the television stations send up helicopters, and we all get to see the car chase, a bird's-eye view. And it gets incredible ratings. And so this guy was on NBC saying what we need is a car chase channel a channel devoted to nothing else but car chases, taking uh, feeds from all over the country, wherever the current chase might be going on. And then later at night, or in, you know, you've got to cover 24 hours. I mean, a car chase channel has to be a 24-hour channel, so that in slack times they could uh, replay great chases or the greatest chases or the earlier-in-the-day chases or whatever uh, you know, it would be, I'll bet it would be an instant hit. Many years ago, uh, before the genesis of the idea appeared anywhere else, I suggested on the air in Las Vegas uh, to the 13 western states that somebody could make a million dollars if only they would start something called the Science Fiction Channel. And I said, I just gave somebody a million-dollar idea. It was about three years later. Lo and behold, along comes the science fiction channel. I'm still cringing about that one. Uh, but, you know, you just spill your guts here on the air, so I thought it would be a cool idea. All the best science fiction, now we've got it. So anyway, this one went national. I didn't do it. The Car Chase Channel. What do you folks say, thumbs up or thumbs down? Now, before you say thumbs down, what a terrible thing to have on television, answer truthfully, would you watch? That's the only question that really counts. Would you watch? Because if you would watch, well, people would sponsor. I wonder what kind of sponsor you see. What would you get for a car chase channel? 
Uh, tire companies, maybe. <laughs> uh, armor-plated, bullet-resistant uh, tires. Uh, bulletproof glass. Oh, there, that's a good one. Bulletproof glass for the rear window. I don't know. The car chase channel. I suppose the, the makers of that, uh, what, what do you call that thing? They put on the steering wheel so that you can't steal it. They'd probably sponsor it. Hmm. Car alarm systems, they'd go for it. Cars generally involved in a chase, really want to get away, you need some horsepower. <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. I don't know. Anyway. Very uh, serious, uh, quickening news. The Philippines. Here's one to scare you. Typhoon Angela has had wind gusts to 230 miles per hour. You see, in the Pacific, these storms have a lot more ocean to go across, and so they build bigger. And uh, it is looking as though the eye is going to pass right um, across um, the Philippines. Early Thursday, Angela was centered about 270 miles east of Manila, moving west at 12 miles an hour. And so I'm sure that it has already done it. 15,000 houses so far destroyed or damaged. And about 135,000 people were evacuated. So can you imagine wind gusts of 230 miles an hour? Sustained winds at 180 miles an hour. That's absolutely incredible. Incredible. Now, again, uh, NBC following up with, this is turning into a big story. The FBI wants a national system to allow police to listen to one out of every 100 phone lines in high-crime areas. Or they put it another way today, 1% of any big city phone systems, telephone calls at any given time. I heard the president uh, just a few moments ago on, on the news at the top of the hour talking something or another. I, I can't recall what it was. I wasn't listening that carefully, but something about American values as it relates to drugs or something or another, because we've got a story on that. But how does this phone tap thing, maybe you should have had a word or two to say about American values when it comes to that. The... FBI, the government, argues that digital communications, computers and all that, make it very uh, much important they have this new authority to tap phones. Congressional approval is going to be required, so there will be a fight. The feds say it is not a new invasion of privacy. The phone company wants to meet with the FBI, and will do so tomorrow, to uh, talk about exactly what it is they want to do. Are you for it or against it? Is it an American value or the perversion of an American value? Is it going after the bad guys or is it a Fourth Amendment violation of the good guys? Does the amount of crime justify doing what they want to do? I don't know. You tell me. It is an important question. Some will consider it a first step uh, toward eventually 
Big Brotherism, and uh, listening to not only those who might be contemplating a criminal act, but those who might be contemplating a political act, if you follow me. So it's kind of tough to keep control of this kind of thing once you get it going, and I'm very leery of it. They probably do it anyway. So that's my feeling. They probably do it anyway. And um, so there you are. Uh, as a matter of fact, there is a new report out on drugs, and we might talk a little bit about that this morning. It says teenage drug use in America is not just skyrocketing. It is exploding. We are losing the drug war. Cocaine use is up. This is really incredible. Um, this is teenagers now we're talking about. And the sample study involved 200,000 teens. Cocaine use is up 36% over the last two years. Marijuana? Check this out. One-third now of all high school seniors say they have smoked pot in the last year. There are more whites, as a percentage, than blacks using drugs. Check that one out, folks. Think about it. More, uh, more whites, by percentage, than blacks are using drugs. And uh, I'm sure from the black perspective, it's kind of nice for a change not to be at the head of some negative list. And uh, so there you are. And uh, you would have expected exactly the opposite because of, you know, all the talk about inner city blacks and crime and drugs and all the rest of it. But the real truth is, by percentage per capita, more whites than blacks are using drugs. Go figure. But it's true. What is sad are, are the number of our teens, by percentage white teens, as a matter of fact, using drugs, cocaine, pot, all the rest of it. CIA and FBI joining hands using satellite gear now to try and spot the um, uh, drug shipments, drug lords, using computers to model their houses so they can raid them and arrest them, looking for coca fields with satellites down many levels below the CIA building in Langley. And so the CIA is turning its attention on the uh, drug cartels. Not a bad idea, I would say. Some people say it is a bad idea that uh, spies do not make good cops. But we've got a lot of technology, and it's nice to be able to see that uh, we're using some of it in what I consider to be a productive way. The alternative, of course, is to uh, uh, simply... Uh, give up, and as a lot of people want to do, legalize drugs, and then we'd have some kind of America, I'll tell you. What a mess that, that would be. No word today, further word, on Boris Yeltsin, who is sickly. Well, okay, I, I guess I better break here. I don't have a lot of time. I've got a lot more for you, and I'll, I'll just uh, feed you a little more, and then we will open the lines. A couple of really interesting things. There was a Hubble shot today that was so good that in my estimation it paid for Hubble and I'll tell you about it in just a moment this is Premier Networks that was Art Bell hosting Coast to Coast AM on this Somewhere in Time
listening to Art Bell, Somewhere in Time. Tonight featuring Coast to Coast AM from November 2nd, 1995. How you doing, everybody? I'm Art Bell. There was, earlier today, <laughs> the most incredible, absolutely incredible Hubble shot. It paid for a Hubble, as far as I'm concerned. I've never seen anything like it, and I'm uh, I'm down on my hands and knees begging one of you who has a good quality uh, photograph of this new Hubble shot to send it to me in GIF form, um, on uh, email it to me. Uh, I really, really, really want a good quality copy of this photograph. What am I talking about? I bet a lot of you saw it. It was on all of the uh, networks. But Hubble managed to get this amazing picture of something occurring 7,000 light years from here. And we have always wondered how stars are formed. How does a sun get to be a sun? Where does it come from? Where does the, uh, the energy to create this incredible um, uh, continuing um, a reactive mass, where does it come from? Well, they got a picture of it happening. The picture shows, for those of you that have not been lucky enough to see it yet, these gigantic towers of gas and dust and debris and energy. These incredible uh, towers, six trillion miles long. Now, the numbers begin to phase you a little bit. Six trillion miles long. And then out at the end, or tips of these giant towers, uh, you were actually able to see the birth of stars. It's, it, it almost it looked like a tree trunk, a gigantic tree trunk with things budding at the end of it. And the things budding, uh, this is my description, the things budding at the edge of the, um, uh, the branches are stars. It is a photograph, in my opinion, of the process of creation. And uh, so if any of you have a good quality shot, if it's out on the Internet or somewhere, grab it, please, and send it to me in GIF form. Uh, we'll get it up on uh, the bulletin board as well. It is just absolutely, it was awesome. I wonder what the rest of you thought. I just got this fax. Dear Art, I know you've been watching CBS lately. No, You know why I watch CBS because of stupid baseball. Uh, NBC was uh, running baseball and preempting uh, the news, and it was really ticking me off, so I had to watch CBS. I'd gone back to NBC as my prime source. Anyway, Steve goes on. This is a Steve. You have to bear that in mind. I was wondering if you saw the piece NBC did about the recent Hubble photos of what can best be described as a massive dust cloud. The object over 7,000 light years away has a large abstract form. From it, tiny droplets, roughly the same size as our solar system, would form and drift out into free space. In so many words, scientists equate this to the hatching of stars. The cloud itself was an amazing image. I personally don't believe in God, but this entity had a certain godlike feel to it. Um, I don't know what to say, Steve. I, uh, you're a Steve, too, and I have to agree with you. 
it was just absolutely nothing short of awesome. And um, I really, really, really want a copy of it. So hopefully somebody will fire me one. All right, let me open the phone lines and let us begin what we do here. Two-way talk radio. And um, unscreened, unpredictable. You guys can talk about anything you want. I don't care. It's up to you. We can just have fun. We can discuss the news. We can discuss creation as viewed by Hubble. We can discuss uh, anything at all. The night is yours. First-time callers to the program from wherever you are, it's a little easier to get through on this line at area code 702-727-1222. The wild card direct dial lines, area code 702-727-1295. 702-727-1295. West of the Rockies and toll free. It's 1-800-618-8255. That's 1-800-618-8255. East of the, uh, the Great Mound, the Rockies, anywhere out east, toll free, it's 1-800-825-5035. Eight two five five zero three three. Now, unfortunately, after ringing for a while, the phone company cuts you off and says your party did not answer. Uh, at which point, I suggest you curse the phone company, all of their relatives forever, and then pick up the phone and redial it. And persistence will eventually pay off, and you will get through, as evidenced by this. East of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hello. Hello, Art. This is George. From uh, Edwardsville, Illinois. Hi, George. Yeah. Hey, we just got the word out here on KRAM that uh, you're no longer uh, out here. What? What's up? Um, it is true, and um, I'm going to blow a secret out here. All right. All right. Um, let, let me uh, let me before I blow any secrets here. Uh, let me uh, ask you um, what, it, what what word you got and how you got it. Well, it was just uh, uh, I'm I'm at work this evening and uh, we uh, turn in Roger Friedenberg at, at midnight and you at one o'clock at right. our time and uh, they just said that uh, uh, the request was made by uh, your company that they no longer um, broadcast the programs. That is correct. Yeah. Um. And um, there's more to it uh, behind the scenes than that that I won't uh, bother to go into. I figured as much. <laughs> but the answer is, uh, watch for us in the next couple of weeks on the mighty KSD. KSD. You got it. You're going back to them. Huh? You got it. All right. I tell you what, uh, K Ram's reception has been really poor lately. Ah, uh, yes, I know. And uh, so we're... Uh, it was very uh, troubled. Uh, they were on the air and off the air and satellite troubles, and uh, that's what I say. I, there's no point in going into all the reasons yeah. for it. Uh, but, um, yeah... By, but, by the way, we were awfully disappointed we didn't get your Halloween show. Um, well, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but that's all right. 
Um, anyway, as you well know, uh, KSD has a gigantic signal, yeah, and uh, this will open it up um, to all of St. Louis and well beyond. Uh, by the way, uh, do you know if we're going to get the full three hours back of Roger Friedenberg or not? Yes, uh, you are. Oh, we are. Great. You are. And uh, you'll get my full show. And uh, so, yeah. It's... Yeah, because before on KSD, they cut you off at, I think, 5 or 5.30 in the morning. Well, that may be. I mean, all stations uh, eventually go to a morning show. So Right. But uh, we're, we're, we're glad to hear that because we do miss you. Well, I'm glad to be able to give you that news. Okay. Uh, not altogether. I should. Uh, I'm not altogether certain. I should have. But uh, since you brought it up, well, <laughs> you know, since we didn't get you tonight, we were kind of curious. Yeah. Well, uh, changes. The world is full of changes. Right. Enjoy your show. Thank you, my friend. Take care. Uh, hopefully, in the interim, why there are so many stations out there that uh, uh, that are um, listenable in St. Louis that the world word uh, will no doubt quickly get around. That'll be about two weeks. I'm going to guess. Uh, wild card line, you're on the air. Hello. Oh, hi. What a surprise. I got in so quick. Yes, it can happen. <laughs> How are you doing tonight? Very well, thank you. Sound you sound upbeat. Uh, I, well, sure. I love it when you're upbeat. I love it, too. Uh, uh, I wanted to, uh, comment on the, uh, bus, uh, what happened with the children on the bus today. Yes. Uh, do you know anything about why they did not, uh, or could they not get the man out? Did they actually have to shoot that man in front of those children that are already dealing with, you know, a disability? Well, uh, there were, I'm sure, a lot of factors uh, that went into it. Uh, one being that he claimed, or he said, that he had a bomb strapped to his leg. Yes. I presume they had certainly no way of, you know, prior to examining him, knowing whether that was true or not. Yes. Uh, well, here on a report, I heard that he wanted to co go to the restaurant where he had worked at, and I wondered if he went to no, that he, restaurant. No, he, he did go to it. Um, he did? And that is where the shooting occurred. First, he wanted to go to the IRS building, and then for some reason, um, after the chase, they ended up at this restaurant where he used to work. Look, here's my view of things. Um, if you say you're going to blow up a school bus of uh, disadvantaged children, um, you can pretty well expect if they get a clear shot, you're dead meat. And yes. so I, I can't say they did the wrong thing, and I won't. Uh... Well, I, yes, I, I agree with you there. I, I was just wondering. I had heard nothing about any real circumstances, and I just wondered if that might have been a little overreacting or if they could have, uh, what state of mind they had the man in when they actually shot well, him uh, since they were communicating. Think, think, think for a second that you're on a SWAT team. Yes. And some guy's got a bomb strapped to his leg. Yes, I have a son-in-law in a SWAT team. And do you want to take the time to try and rush him, giving him time to set it off, or do you want to put a bullet through the part of his head that's going to put him down immediately? Well, definitely you would want to put him down immediately, but if the, you're in the process of negotiation, that's what I was concerned with. If anyone knew what... Well, what... Uh, one line used was negotiation failed, so presumably uh, he was not negotiating in good faith or any faith at all and was saying either the following happens, I'm, you know, either my tax problems are straightened out or, yes. I, you know, I don't know what was said. So... Yes. Okay, well, listen, I love your show. I have a very short story, if you'd like for me to give it for you, that I'm, I tried calling you Halloween night. 
Ah, yes. It's a very interesting one. Oh, of course. It always is, yes. Um, well, if you have a good Halloween story, save it for my next one. Oh, really? Yeah, okay. save it Save it for my next one. Okay. I love them, as you know. Uh, okay. Um, where are you? I'm in San Antonio. San Antonio, Texas? Yes. Well, it's a pleasure to have had you on the show. Well, thank you very much. And you take care. Um, yeah, I looked at that situation with the... Um, uh, with the school bus, and they, they probably had no choice. And as I say, if you do something like that, you pretty well expect to get shot. You don't do that uh, to children, disadvantaged, or any other children. You hop on a school bus, threaten to blow it up, you're going to get shot. And I would say, deservedly so. You're listening to Art Bell, Somewhere in Time. Tonight featuring Coast to Coast AM from November 2nd, 1995. On the first time caller line, you're on the air. Hi. Oh, I can barely hear you. Oh, my goodness. I'll, I'll talk louder. Can you hear me now? Uh, a little bit. Well, just get right into that phone and project like you're giving a speech. Okay. That's now, that's better. more like it. Sure, that's better. Where are you? I'm in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Baton Rouge, all right. Yes. I just discovered you a couple of nights ago, actually, and um, this is the most truly eclectic talk show that I've ever uh, heard. Thank you. Eclectic. It is true. I am. I. That's what this is. It's. It's um, utterly different, and I never know where it's going to go, and that's all the fun of it. Well, I know it's like sort of it's a, a conscious, conscious dream of consciousness. <laughs> if, you, if I can coin a term, but uh, I too have a radio background, not on the air per se, but I've right. uh, worked in radio in various capacities and. I wanted to say that I was aware of the 75th anniversary thing, and um, you obviously have such a great love of the media. This is why you're so effective in it. So uh, you said it may not be consequential to many listeners, but uh, I do share the joy that you and your wife have in starting that new venture at such a historic time. And also, while I'm done... Well, that's what it is. It's an adventure. Yes. You know, something I've never done, and I'm ready to sink my teeth into it. It's going to be a lot of fun, and uh, my wife is just overjoyed. And to find out that we, you know, the closing filing date, you see, the way the commission works, you don't walk an application in until the very last minute. It's a strategic kind of thing. Well, do you really believe that that's a coincidence? I kind of, whether you call it synchronicity or what, I think probably that does have some significance beyond what um, any of us know. and. To me, it does. Yeah. Okay, then. Well, I'm a fan, and uh, keep up the good work. I love your uh, metaphysical stuff without it being, you know, real heavy. It's just an, an adventure, an exploration, <laughs> and I love it. Thank you. Take care. It's uh, when it's there, and I, I say again, I would really love to get some reaction from some of you who saw these towers of whatever they were. The dust, the energy, the particles, the magic, and the literal birth of a star. To me, it looked like a sort of a giant tree with branches, and then at the end of them, these globules uh, being thrown off that are stars. 
the birth of stars. Amazing stuff to be able to see in our lifetime. Just amazing. West of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hi. Well, hello there. There is a God. Oh, uh, well, of course there's a God. You had a couple of questions last night I found uh, interesting. I can't remember now when I was dialing, I remember, but uh, it had to do with um, what, what we thought. Of, what was it that what we thought about something? I ask about a hundred questions. Oh, I'm sorry. Well, a night. So I'm, yeah, well, well, won't forget. I'm that. always asking you people what you think <laughs> about something. I know it, it was very, it was a very interesting one. Now, as far as the um, the creation situation, yes, you know, you've often asked that, and I think the fellow that answered that to take our free will of choice would be the actually the only way that everyone could know that that was a supreme being, and he he said he'd never do that, but. My husband says there's only one new thing on this earth, and that's a baby, because it's a fresh sperm and a fresh ova. Yeah, I know. Everything well, I thought some evidence of creation might have been the uh, the birth of stars. You're talking about babies. The photograph yesterday, ma'am, was absolutely... Great. It, it's one of those ones that stops you cold. Yes, I know. Now, one more quick thing, please. Uh, have you heard of a, an, a book by an officer, X? It's a cop's honest look at life on the street. No. It, I think you really find him interesting as a guest, or and the book is fascinating. Well, I once had Agent X on the show. All right, thank you very much. Agent X, I remember him. We had Agent X, who was uh, an alleged, and I believe him uh, to have been uh, definitely the real McCoy, an ATF agent uh, who uh, debated on the air quite heatedly, uh, Heatedly, I guess, with Linda Thompson. Oh, that was a wild one. That went on for, I'm trying to recall, two or three hours. Do the wild thing at 702-727-1295. Okay, go right ahead. Uh, First-time caller line, you're on the air. Hi. Good, e good evening, Art. This good is evening. Chris in Salt Lake City. Hi, Chris. Uh, two questions, or actually one question and a comment. Okay. Uh, were you uh, uh, an on-air personality and, uh, on K-Earth 101 or KRLA in Los Angeles? No. Okay. Turn, turn uh, off your radio, please. Oh I, oh, I thought I did. I'm sorry. Oh, I hit the wrong switch. Um, and then uh, my comment, last night uh, my girlfriend and I were listening to your show, uh, and she got uh, really irate, you know, about uh, uh, President Clinton's want to send out the troops to the... Uh, Bosnia region? Yes. And uh, you're asking what would it be his, his logic behind this? And, uh, uh, In any area, uh, other than compassion, which is not justification for the taking of uh, American life, Yes, sir. Uh, I'm all for compassion, but uh, I'm not going to throw a lot of uh, people into a meat grinder because I'm sorry they're having a war. Right. So I'm, I don't, I'm, you know, I was watching Talkback Live on CNN yesterday, and they were trying to feed us this crap. Compassion, my tail end. Uh, the compassion we ought to be feeling is for our own people. Correct. She made uh, the comment of, uh, why did he have to do this, especially at Christmas time? Don't you know that they're tearing families apart? And a little light bulb just lit up above my head, and it dawned on me, uh, well, that uh, President Clinton, you know, I, I believe he is a, a communist, and they really, the communist manifesto doesn't really uh, protect families. They protect individuals. So he wants to he's not, sir, family. sir, he's, yeah. not, he's not a communist. 
Well, then he wants to just... Look, the even, family, sir, even communists at least have convictions. <laughs> <laughs> Don't laugh. They have convictions. Uh, this man, of, uh, nearly as I can tell, is convictionless. Um, believes in what will get him back into office. So if he has conviction, it is in wanting to get reelected. The trip back in time continues with Art Bell hosting Coast to Coast AM. More Somewhere in Time coming up. Works presents Art Bell Somewhere in Time. Tonight featuring Coast to Coast AM from November 2nd, 1995. Good morning, everybody. Great to be here. It is a great morning, uh, a clear night with about three quarters of a moon above us here in the high desert. Stars are bright. God, that, that Hubble picture. Anybody out there with their hands on that Hubble picture, I want it. I really, really want that photograph. I want a good a uh, clear shot of the um, photograph that was shown on all the networks yesterday of the birth of stars. Absolutely incredible. Listen, uh, some lady last hour described my program as eclectic. And I'm very proud of that. Thank you. Um, so, eclectically, we will, in about an hour, uh, call... Well, I guess the Dr. Lee... You remember Dr. Lee, don't you, from the... Uh, O.J. Simpson trial. This is the Dr. Lee of handwriting uh, expertise in the world. His name is R.E. Alton, and uh, he is in Britain, uh, probably London. So I'm going to pick up the phone and do it again. Uh, we'll do a short interview with uh, Dr. Alton. He um, is the chief forensic guy, handwriting forensic guy, who declared the uh, note that Chris Ruddy talked about, who we interviewed on the program, um, the supposed alleged uh, suicide note of Vince Foster to be an absolute out-and-out forgery. And uh, we're going to see if Chris Ruddy's claims about uh, Mr. Alton are so, and I suspect they are. So I'll pick up a phone call London next hour, I think, eclectically. All right, a few... Um, a few uh, faxes have come in. Dear Art, I am not devoutly religious, but I do feel sorry for Steve. Actually, all Steves. For it must be a private hell just to be so profoundly unintelligent. We did finally receive your book, both copies, yesterday. So far, it appears to be a very good read. We're listening on Talk Radio 810 KCMO, the station so big, its call letters are on cop cars all over town. 
<laughs> Thanks for a great show. A hound dog and nightshade. Hound dog and nightshade. And again on the Hubble picture, what really blew my mind, other than the beauty and awesomeness of the photograph, was the fact that we were privileged to see in our lifetime something that happened 7,000 years ago in real time. It was magnificent. I hope this is issued for purchase because they are truly worthy of framing as fine art. Well, shouldn't have to, you know, we paid for the Hubble. Remember that? We lowly little taxpayers. That was our money put the Hubble up there. We shouldn't have to pay. On a much sadder note, see, we go from awe-inspiring to the very bottom. On a much sadder note, did you hear the news about the young mother in, I believe, Michigan, no, I haven't, who drowned her few-weeks-old baby in a pond near her house, threw her baby in a pond to stop it from crying? Where will this ever stop, Art? Charlotte, listening to KEX. Charlotte, I don't know. It's not going to stop, uh, Charlotte, until something changes, and that's what I view that we're rushing toward is some great change. And uh, not to be outdone, Mark, the avowed atheist in Louisiana who faxes but never calls, says the following, Art. Regarding your opinion that through the ages some religious stories may have been exaggerated, you know that if you ask a number of people which fruit Adam, when tempted by Eve, ate, most would say an apple. I would have said that. Wrong. Oh, Genesis only mentions that Adam ate from the fruit of a tree. The whole apple part was added later by some nondescript person probably a teacher. The Bible would make a good movie on the science fiction channel. Mark. Oh, Mark. Oh, Mark. West of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hi. Hi, Art Bell. Yes, that is true. Uh, I can't believe I got through. It's the first time I tried calling, and uh, I think you have a great show. Thank you. Um, I was wondering, last night you were talking to uh, Stan Dale. Yes. Okay, I live in uh, Stockton. Which yes, is about 40 miles south of Sacramento. I was wondering, what will the implications be of what's going on over here? In Sacramento? Well, I'm about 40 miles south there. Are you familiar with the term gurgle? Yes. Well, it's not a term, I suppose. It's just a word, isn't it? Gurgle. Mm -hmm. Gurgle, gurgle. That would be a term. <laughs> uh, but, look, uh, Nevada, depending on whose future maps are you want to read, Nevada also is uh, with the fishes. So, you know, I mean, we got to live this one day at a time, and where are you going to hide, right? That's true. So, uh, you know, I mean, take some swimming lessons. What can I say? <laughs> and also, I've been wondering uh, about these uh, Steves. Uh, what's the deal with these guys? I've only been listening to you uh, recently. Steves, uh, Steves are a secret society. And, well, here's the way it began. Um, one night we were discussing a very serious topic, and that is that uh, having lost the Soviet Union as an enemy, we are turning inward on ourselves, throwing babies into ponds, whatever the latest story is, that kind of thing, right? Mm -hmm. um, so we need something, we need a focus of hate. 
And so one night a guy named Gene, listening to KABC in Los Angeles, sent me a fax and said, Look, we do need somebody to hate. I suggest my neighbor Steve. Steve is a worthless slob of a human being. Steve is not worthy of even the term human. He's that bad. So he should be hated. And then people started calling in and saying, It's true of all Steves. Steves generally should be hated. And I thought, why not? Steve's probably are a bunch of no-goods. So we've got a hate Steve movement going, and uh, Steve's are, have, probably have a plot to uh, try and take over the world, and so we need to fight them on, you know, just about every place we turn. Every time we get an opportunity, Steve's uh -huh. need to be fought. Okay. Eliminated. Well, that might be a little strong. <laughs> Debilitated. <laughs> So, I don't know. We hate Steve's. That's all. Okay. Okay? All right. Remember. Thanks. Yeah, okay, you, thanks. Uh, right. Hate Steve's. And if we get a good focus of hate going here, uh, we'll move to Bob's. If Steve's are insufficient, then, then it's going to be Bob's. Wildcard line, you're on the air. Hello. Oh, hi. Oh, uh, hi. Jerry in L.A. Hello, Jerry. Uh, you know, you were just talking about uh, the, the original... Uh, the sin was um, uh, the was taken from the uh, people of good and evil. Um, if you read Ezekiel uh, thirty-one, Adam Adam was good, and uh, no, 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 it was from the people of good and evil. Uh -huh. Well, there were only two supposedly at the beginning, right? There was Adam. Uh, no, there, no, yeah, no. But, but there was Adam, and there was Eve, was there no, not? There, there were. If you read the Bible, uh, the evil, sir, we all know, rises from the woman. Here, eat this. No, and I would say that the UFO people are the people of uh, good, the people with the knowledge of good and evil. See, if you read, if you read, you know Genesis carefully, you will you will notice that the, uh, that they talk about Ethiopia, Assyria, and some others um, that uh, countries that were already around. Uh, Did you happen to see the Hubble picture? Yes. Okay, well, that was kind of like watching Genesis, sir, in action. That's the way I viewed it. Kind of like watching Genesis in action. God, it was incredible. Absolutely a stopper. And I called my wife and I said, you've got to see this. Just awesome. I've got to have that photograph. I don't care what it takes. I've got to have it. Creation. Actual in progress creation, albeit 7,000 years ago, but creation. It almost looked like, uh, I would call it, uh, I, I love naming things, the tree of life. Didn't it look like a giant tree trunk with branches, and at the end of the branches, like a lit Christmas tree, the birth of stars? Totally awesome. East of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hi. Hello? Hi. Hi, turn your radio off and tell us where you are calling from. Rochester, New York. Rochester. All right, the big wham. Yes. Well, actually, HTK. Uh, HTK? In 1280. Um, actually... But it's WHAM. They're, they're sister stations. Um, okay. Well, you don't say WHAM. I beg your pardon? Say WHAM. Yeah, WHAM. Yeah. Yes, and would just sort of like to talk about maybe AM radio. 
Well, I'm all up for that. Okay. Am I live right now? You still have your radio on, don't you? <laughs> Sir, uh, I'm sitting down in the cellar way and trying to get away from it, but... I see. Well, it, well, it's confusing because there is a delay. That's the first thing about AM radio, you've got to know, talk shows. We, we have a delay, seven seconds. And if you sit there listening to your own voice, it's going to make you sound very confused. Well, I'm generally speaking, I'm very confused. I would like <laughs> to congratulate your wife, first of all, for even filling out the forms for FCC. No kidding. Uh, for trying to get a radio license. No kidding. Uh, you I, have no idea, or maybe you do, what's involved. Uh, well, I do. I mean, I would love to own an AM radio station. Well, it's FM that we're getting. Oh, okay. Well, that's even. Well, that's just as tricky. I. Yes, it is. It is, and uh, WHAM. This is the first night that you've been on the air. No, it's the first night you've heard us. I took calls from Rochester all, all for about an hour last night. Nothing but. Okay, then that's the second night. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, you do a great show. Well, it's uh, eclectic. <laughs> and <laughs> well, I I got to ask you uh, 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 one quick question. All right. You mentioned Howard Stearns. Yes. Who I can't really stand myself either. What is your opinion of Don Imus? Don I'm, Imus. Um, is also somewhat irreverent, not like Stern, uh, and he's funny. You know, he's funny. Uh, even Stern, frankly, is funny, but Stern, I'm, I mean, you, you can imagine, I'm in a little farming town, all right? Well, I grew up in northern Vermont. Okay, so there you are. Yeah. And um, we've got a radio station that is in between Las Vegas and Pahrump, my little town. And while Stern goes over, no doubt, very well in Las Vegas, which is very cosmopolitan, mm -hmm. uh, here in this little farming town, uh, Stern goes over like a lead balloon. You're kidding. Would I kid you? No, no, you wouldn't. You know, no, actually, you're, you're one of the few talk show hosts that really comes out with the truth. Well, I don't know. I come out with opinions. I, you know, if you agree with me, then you're probably sitting there saying, God, that, that guy's really telling the truth. Otherwise, what a nerd. No, no. You, I mean, you know how what gazpachos um, it takes to come out and say you're an atheist nowadays? My goodness. I'm not an atheist. Well, don't believe in God, but... Uh, yes, I do. Oh, do, well... Sir, are, are you listening to my show? You're listening to some other show. Are you listening to Tom Likas? <laughs> no, I'm not. No, no, look. You, you are. Know. You're listening to Lycus, I can tell. No, I'm not. I'm no, not an you, atheist. Well, I didn't say, well... Yes, you, you did. Like, you sound like Ethan Allen when you talk about God, but... I see. Well, no, there is... Uh, listen, i got to run, but there, there surely is a God. A creator. God is a name. I believe there's a creator. And I believe you uh, can see his force at work in the photograph just taken by Hubble. Let me get this business. I'm an atheist. I read a fax from Mark the Atheist down in Louisiana. I'm not an atheist. <laughs> I don't even really believe in atheists. I think sometimes atheists just say that to get people's attention because I don't think inside they really believe it. Maybe they do. Maybe I'm not giving them proper credit. I don't know. I'm not an atheist. The only person I know on the air who says he's an atheist is, uh, uh, is Tom Likas. 
And uh, we talked a little bit about that when we had a debate uh, in Bakersfield. We'll be right back. You're listening to Art Bell, Somewhere in Time. Tonight featuring Coast to Coast AM from November 2nd, 1995. All right, east of the Rockies, you're upon the air. Hello. Good morning, Art. Well, good morning. Where are you? I'm in Indiana. Indiana. Yes, out there, right. out there, right in the middle, uh-huh. Yeah, and it's cold here. Is it? Winter has arrived. I think it's well on its way, sir. You know, I, when I was doing the interview yesterday in Kansas City, everybody was saying, it's snowing, it's snowing. <laughs> and I was sitting here about 70 degrees. Well, you're one of the fortunate ones. Mm-hmm. Well, you say that now, but uh, then in midsummer, I tell people, well, just hit 117 today, and they think harder about it. Right, right. <laughs> hey, I was wondering if I could get political on you for just a second. Sure. Hey, I was wondering, uh, well, I'm a, I'm a recent college graduate, and uh, when I was in school, I found it very difficult to find time to stay caught up on uh, political issues. Right. Uh, but uh, now that I've had some time out, I've been listening to late-night talk shows, uh, reading editorials, things like this, and I found myself... Uh, uh, Getting at, at a gentleman for president for the presidential campaign, Alan Keyes. I was wondering if you've heard of him or. No, I interviewed him. You did interview him. Sure. I must have missed that. What's uh, what's your feeling on? Uh, well, I tell you why I asked. Because about a month ago, I was listening to your show, and a, a gentleman called in and said that he felt the greatest problem this nation faces is a moral dilemma. Mm-hmm. And Alan said, Alan Keyes is a wonderful candidate, but he will not win. Um, Pat Buchanan is a wonderful candidate, but he will not win. Right. Uh, the race is going to be Bill Clinton, Bob Dole, and probably Colin Powell uh-huh. uh, as an independent, or it's going to be Powell-Clinton. Um, That's what's really going to happen. So we can talk about these other candidates, but I'm, I'm very pragmatic, and I know there's a core of really strong, strong support for people like Buchanan uh, and Keyes, uh, but it's very small, sir, and um, so I'm, uh, I'm sorry. I, I believe that what I just said to you is accurate. It's going to be Dole. It's going to be uh, maybe. Uh, it's going to be uh, obviously the president and uh, maybe Colin Powell. Well, you're probably you're probably right. And, I, I know. Uh, I just think that the issues that they that they talk about and that he's bringing forward are uh, not over, overlookable if we're going to try and solve some of the problems. What they're doing, sir, is not trivial. Uh, Pat Buchanan, um, Alan Keyes, and others will push some issues into the campaign as it takes shape that need to be talked about. And um, so that's, I guess, how I view their function. And they will do it very admirably. Great. In other, words, they, in other words, they will shape uh, to some degree the debate and make the other candidates talk about things they otherwise wouldn't touch with a 10-foot pole. Right, which needs to be done. So. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. So it's good to support their campaign then. Um, yes, sir. Great. Well, I thank you, sir. Appreciate your call. East of the Rockies, you're on the air, top of the morning. Good morning. Hi, where are you? I'm in Memphis, Tennessee, listening uh, to WMC. The mighty WMC, yes, sir. Yes. Uh, you were talking uh, with the, the guy about the FM station, the AM station, the paperwork being uh, just about the same. 
Um, yeah. Not at all. Not well, at all. now, it, to... it depends on what you're filing. If you're filing a very complicated uh, filing um, where you're putting up a very directional uh, AM signal, then, yes, it does get far more complicated. All your field strength readings. And, oh, yeah. And, yeah, it gets but, really but, but trust me, sir, uh, the forums for AM or FM are... Basically the same. Oh, they're, they're uh, very imposing. Yeah, uh, I've seen several of them. I've seen some walked through the system. Well, uh, I, I'm an engineer. I've, I've, you know, I had a first-class radio telephone license uh, when I was 13, early on. And yeah. uh, but I, I'm not dumb enough to have done this myself. So I went out and hired professionals. You know, an engineering firm and uh, attorneys and all the rest of it. God, it's a mess. Uh, how many uh, watts did you say your FM is going to be? 6,000 big ones. 6,000. Are you going to use an SCA also? Um, I think so, yeah. Ah, I put uh, uh, something special on there for special subscribers. Well, uh, it's a definite possibility. Oh, yeah, well, look, we're going we're to do the whole thing. Uh, I, I'm really looking forward to it. I'm very excited about it. And you've got to admit, it's a pretty cool day. You know, the filing date closed, so I can talk about it now. Uh, the filing date closure was November 2nd, the 75th anniversary of broadcasting. Pretty right. neat, huh? Well, that'll work. Uh, one other thing, uh, your friend Charles, uh, your acquaintance, Charles. Charles. Uh, you know, the liberal guy. Oh, Charlie. Yes. Yeah, what about him? Um, I believe he's a sick man, and I would like to prescribe uh, a single injection. Uh, I can uh, let's hold it right there. I can imagine the kind of injection uh, you're talking. It's the type you receive while you're strapped down. I think, uh, right? We'll be right back. This is Premier Networks. That was Art Bell hosting Coast to Coast AM on this Somewhere in Time. What will you do when you No one waiting by your side. take you back to the past on Art Bell Somewhere in Time. I'm, I'm getting all these faxes from people down in Los Angeles listening to KABC, and uh, inevitably they're saying things like, you know, when you first came on the air, I didn't think I was going to like your program at all, uh, but I was wrong. And um, that is because this program, kind of unlike others, is eclectic. It is very different all the time and I wrote in my book uh, I did a big part in my book here I go huh? tomorrow night I'm going to open the lines on the book tomorrow night I promised and so I'm going to do it um, but I wrote a big section in the book about uh, my philosophy of talk radio and 
I know that I'm right. And I, I really don't mean to put anybody else down because I've really enjoyed Rush Limbaugh. Matter of fact, Mike Murphy and I talked about this yesterday. Uh, I did an interview on KCMO with Mike Murphy, or he did one with me, or interviewed me, I guess. Um, and my philosophy of talk radio is that it shouldn't be any single thing. Now, this is no slam on Rush, because he does what he does very well, but it's um, it wears. And, you know, I do a five-hour talk show. Now, some of you get three hours of it or whatever portion of it you get. Um, but I couldn't come in here this, you know, every morning and do the same thing. It bore me to death. And I think ultimately listeners, too. So we do whatever we do. Whatever, whatever it seems worthy of talking about or fun to be talking about or needful to be talking about. But it's hardly ever the same. That's how I can keep doing it. Because I like it. Actually, actually, I love it. Um, all right, a couple of facts. Art, you're right. The president, somebody called last hour and said the president's a communist. I said, no, he's not. They have convictions. So this person's sending one saying, Art, you're right. president has no convictions. We'll have to see if we can't give him and Hillary a few. Followed by an all-expense-paid vacation in the Gray Bar Hotel. <laughs> Pretty good. Uh, and then somebody hears, uh, Art, I sent you the Hubble photo via AOL. Well, I hope it arrives in a, uh, in a, in a GIF condition or a JPG condition because sometimes when people send me things, they come in uh, uh, hex code, uh, and I don't know how to convert them. It's a mess. Anyway, it's signed Steve, uh, and then it says, there's a little arrow pointing up to see Steve. It says, yes, we, we're taking over. And then that followed by this, Art, this is truly, truly blasphemous, without question. It says, Art, God has a name, and his name is Steve. Steve. Art, I think it's funny, read odd. You and millions of others choose to repeat the same mistake Adam made in the Garden of Eden. He could have eaten of the tree of eternal life in the Garden. But he chose to eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil instead. You do the same thing. Both trees are still here, but only a lightweight thinker would ignore immortality when the other choice of pursuit, he knows the results in death. Ooh, gee, and pretty rough up in Gig Harbor. Well, the way I heard it, you know, Eve tempted him with the, I was going to say apple, the fruit, right? And he gobbled it up, went for it like a guy in ancient times. In modern times, he probably would have slit her throat, uh, taken the fruit, eaten it, and then got off. West of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hello. Hello. Goodbye. Uh, first time caller line, you're on the air. Good morning. Hi, Art. It's Ron in uh, Memphis. Hi, Ron. To you on uh, WMC. WMC, yeah, a lot of calls from Memphis all of a sudden. I'm surprised. First time I tried to call and uh, got in there. Well, that's why we have uh, this first time caller line, it's so that people trying to get through can get through. Right on. I just wanted to uh, leave you a message that I also sent you the uh, the picture of the I call it the pre-birth of the star uh, through ALL. Now, will it come in in some sort of hex form? 
Well, I downloaded it from uh, NASA. If you, atta- if, if you attach it, if you attach it to, uh, I think, to email, mm-hmm. uh, then it comes uh, as a GIF or can be sent as a GIF. Yeah, it'll come to you as a GIF file. Oh, that's excellent. Oh man, what th- that photograph? Um, how did it affect you? Uh, it was actually kind of uh, kind of creepy, tell you the truth. I uh, I, I looked at. I don't. I, this is the first time I've seen it. I heard uh, heard you talking about it on the air. Yeah, I, I wouldn't have said creepy. I, I to me it was spiritual, a spiritual thing. I mean, to watch creation, to watch a star being born. Now, did you actually see it uh, turn to a star? Did it go that far? Well, the one one they showed on the network, yes. Okay. Well, the picture that uh, that NASA released is uh, it's like these dark, uh, almost like tree trunk. Yes, fingers. that's the way I saw it. Tree trunks, yeah. Yeah, uh, conglomerating together, but they don't. They didn't show the, uh, the actual. Okay, star. the one on the network actually showed a star out on the end of one of the branches of the trunk. It's the only way I can think to put it, uh, and several stars. And it was um, uh, just uh, an amazing thing. You thought you thought creepy, huh? Well, that was my first reaction. It's kind of a. Uh, Kind of scary looking. You know, it's first time I've ever seen anything quite like that. Well, it's something to ponder. There are those, I guess, who would watch the birth of a human being and think of it as creepy, or you know, some guys will watch and faint. Uh, <laughs> but it's really quite a miracle. Life is a miracle, and uh, the birth of a star is a miracle as well. It certainly is. All right, well, thanks, Art. All right, thank you very much for the call. Memphis, Tennessee, the mighty WMC in Memphis. Wild card line, you're on the air. Hello. Hi. Uh, what's the expiration date on all the chicken little theorists? I mean, are we going to be doomed to listen to them forever, or do, are they going to finally admit in a couple now, hundred years, for instance, that they're all wet? Well, they won't be here in a couple hundred years, right? They'll be far gone. Well, what if, what so, if, so what if words, I'm an immortal, though? Another, well, um, are you? No. Okay, so you'll never get to say na-na-na-na-na-na. <laughs> <laughs> I will say na-na-na-na-na on my natural deathbed instead I do, of being rammed by a, it's a good asteroid point. or something. It's a good point, sir. And uh, since to- man has been walking around on Earth and able to talk, I'm sure there have been guys saying, Repent now, the world's about to end. Yeah, remember the, the cartoons of those guys in the long white robes and the beards and the signs walking around. The thing about it is, one day they'll be right. Yeah, probably. At least if on a, at least on a personal level. A couple billion years from now, the planet will probably go tits up on us, but that's all right. You know, I'm sure the dinosaurs were saying that, walking around, crunching on the ground, eating leaves, saying, hey, isn't this cool? Nothing can ever happen. And then... Look what happened. It's depressing, isn't it? Well, not really, because if it hadn't, where would we get our oil? Oil didn't. You know where the oil came from? Look at a map of the uh, oil deposits in the Middle East. Yes. And you'll see that that, all that stuff was uh, deposited by... Uh, an asteroid, uh, a real high hydrocarbon asteroid grazing... The Earth. Oh, come on now. No, no, look. Look at a National now Geographic you're, sir, Middle Eastern... Sir, your uh, second story is in conflict with your first. Well, 
may be the same asteroid <laughs> that deposited all the oil killed the so, dinosaurs. And the dinosaurs, however, the biomass in in the living dinosaurs wouldn't fuel a Honda Civic for uh, <laughs> more than a year or two. <laughs> all right, thank you. Well, I appreciate your theories, but I think it is generally accepted, is it not, that um, the dinosaurs contributed greatly to the... Uh, a substance uh, we know as uh, raw petroleum. I think that is true. At least that's what I always thought. Maybe I'm wrong. Now, he at first he said, there's nothing going to hit the earth. And then he said, well, the oil came from a, a grazing, he called it, of the earth by an asteroid. You can't have it both ways. Or I guess maybe you can. East of the Rockies, you're on the air. Good morning. Hello, Art. Hi, where? Eddie from Southern Pines, North Carolina. Southern Pines, North Carolina. Yes, sir. Yes, I wanted to comment on the concealed weapon. Heard on the news that there was a cop in Winston-Salem, North Carolina, that was off duty and ended up in a shootout. Apparently, he had an off-duty gun with him. Yes. He ended up in a shootout with a robber. Yes. And the robber shot at him, and the bullet grazed his pants leg, Yes. and the cop returned fire and basically took him out. The guy died on his way to the hospital. Well, then, um, bon voyage. Very. That's what I say, bon voyage. And, um, you know, um, it's nice to hear about the cops living and the bad guys not occasionally. Yeah. Uh, one thing that is something you absolutely should not do, and that shoot at a cop on or off duty bad form well a lot of times newspapers will have it like the chiefs are saying carrying the concealed weapons a bad thing for the honest citizen oh i see so you're trying okay i've got you sir you're trying to make the point that uh carrying a concealed weapon um will reduce crime and it's my view as well that a lot of people walking around with concealed weapons are going to make anybody uh, committing a crime uh, more nervous than they would be otherwise about doing so. I mean, it just makes common sense. And in addition, uh, we have uh, now a concealed uh, law passed here in Nevada as well, and uh, it is sweeping across the country. So as more and more people carry guns, legitimate, honest citizens, it is my view, there will be less crime, not more, and so far, stats seem to bear it out. First time caller line, you're on the air. Well, hi, uh, Art. This is Jeff from uh, Anchorage, Alaska. Hi, Jeff. How you doing? Very well. Yeah, listen, I uh, one of the things that was uh, real interesting was that I happened to pick up your show just uh, last Friday night, and uh, it was unbelievable when I heard with uh, your conversation with Richard C. Hoagland. And oh, yes. And Following through then on with uh, last night's show with uh, uh, Stan, Stan Dale yeah. down in uh, Australia. Yes. Last night's show with Stan Dale was uh, awesome. Anyway, go ahead, sir. Okay. Well, uh, first of all, I just uh, I also heard through a friend of mine that you had one time been up here on KENI radio. I did the morning show on KENI. Yeah. Well, I was real surprised because, uh, geez, how come he left, you know, after listening to your shows for the last couple of nights? and. Uh, a friend of mine told me I used to listen to you all the time. I, I said, geez, I guess maybe you, you didn't like Alaska or something. <laughs> no, you're wrong. I lived there uh, three years, and I loved it. Yeah. I absolutely 
loved it. Oh, it, it's a great place, and I'm somewhat transplanted from California, and I've uh, been up here about 15 years now. And uh, when when Stan Dale said uh, that when that one gal called from Anchorage last night and said, "Well, there was nothing there about Anchorage or Alaska in effect for the earthquakes," I said, "Geez," I crossed my fingers and said, "That's great because we just had a, a good know. shaker here about uh, two nights ago." I know. <laughs> uh, actually, you've had quite a series of them, and you are part of the Ring of Fire, even oh. though it's kind of icy. Yeah, no doubt. Anyways, the the one thing that I think probably was most intriguing and a question that was, I mean, first of all, I was just totally mesmerized uh, with uh, Richard C. Hoagland's account of the tetrahedral physics. Tetrahedral. Yeah. Tetrahedral. And, and there you go. Following through on with what was happening in uh, Dayton, Ohio at Wright Path. You know, and I kept kind of like thinking, well, you know, you're right. Nobody has said anything on the news. Uh, they're being real secretive about uh, the gentleman and uh, coming, as you had uh, mentioned, that they might go down for that long elevator ride to to see what is actually. Yeah. You know, by going the on. By, by the way, um, there was not one uh, word of news on NBC anyway last night about the talks at Wright Path. The the curtain of silence and secrecy has now descended. Mm-hmm. You know, we got to see him shaking hands grudgingly. Right. And I think that's the last thing we're going to see. Well, you know, and, and I, I agree with you 100%. And, and and I guess I have to agree with you on a lot of things that you were discussing, in particular the to. veil of secrecy that uh, our government is not uh, informing us or that they don't want us to know what's going on. And then in particular with what Stan Dale had said regarding the um, – I may have getting this just a little bit off, but uh, he was talking about the – anti-grav or that was the thing that uh, the technology was there that, yes uh, back in the 50s yes yes anyways i just find it all just totally totally 100 percent fascinating and um i think that the argument is there for me to convince my wife that it's finally in time to to get a computer so that we can get involved and get on the internet and and, and start uh... well you're right about that um, yeah. I, I absolutely love it sir I, I listen I've got a scoot thank you um, and so I'll very quickly I'll give you my email address I guess I ought to do that huh it is art uh, art Bell no spaces just a r t b e l l at a o l dot com very simple art Bell at a o l dot com if you want to get into our news group um, I can tell you how to do it on AOL you Internet uh, people will know how to do it uh, with various other providers. Uh, on AOL, you just go keyword news groups. When you get in there, hit expert ad, expert ad, and um, put in alt.fan-oops, let me begin again, alt.fan.art-in-the-middle-b-e-l-l. Easy as that. A L T dot F A N dot A R T dash in the middle B E L L like the phone company. Sorry to be associated with such a name. Cutting people off. Now we take you back to the past on Art Bell Somewhere in Time.
And east of the Rockies, you're on the air. Good morning. Hello, Art Bell. Hi. Hi, I'm calling from a little town in northwest Connecticut. And the first time I heard you was last April when I was in Maui, Hawaii. All the way over in Maui? Yes, that's the first time I ever heard you. That would have been Gage VH. And now you're in northwest Connecticut? Yes. Uh, and listening uh, on what? W-H-A-M Rochester. Rochester, blazing into Connecticut. Uh, absolutely excellent. But, of course, uh, there is some fading, and it's discouraging. Well, one way, I'll tell you what. May, you may remember from when you were on Kauai, I advertised something called the selective tenor. Yes. It, it will cut out 90% of the fading. And it's called selective tenor? It's called selective tenor. It's like $54 and something or another. Right. And um, I guarantee you, uh, 90% of the fading will be gone. It's amazing. Well, that's great. I was going to ask you how I could encourage uh, local stations or in the stations in the area to carry a program because we sure need a breath of fresh air. Well, what town are you actually in? Colebrook. It's a population of about 1,200. 1,200. But, of course, I'm not far from Hartford. Hartford. Which is WTIC. Oh, uh, well, then I would say call up WTIC and say, uh, hey, you guys, check this out. It's a little yes. bit different. Yeah, I sure will do that. And I wondered if you ever heard any more. Oh, by the way, when I was in Hawaii, I heard you talking about uh, the fellow that uh, I think his name was Marky Markle. Oh, no, you're talking about I got news for you, Madman Markham. That's who you're talking Markham, about. Markham, right. Markham. Do you know who called me earlier today? Yes. Madman Markham. Wonderful. What's he up to now? Um, more of the same. Now, he didn't go into detail, and he was supposed to call me up at 9 o'clock tonight and didn't. But um, Madman, Madman's telephone is disconnected because um, I warned him. I told him if he gave out his phone number na on a national show like this, mm -hmm. and people were calling him up from Hawaii in the middle of the night, and, you know, he wasn't getting any sleep, and he was turning into more of a madman. And so we had to disconnect his phone. But Madman will come back on and do an encore performance and tell us how his experiments have gone. Well, so that should be interesting. It, it'll be coming on one of these days Maybe soon. Maybe he's made himself disappear and come back by now. Well, we'll have to find out. But the fact of the matter is, Madman still walks the face of the earth, and I actually talked to him yesterday. Mm -hmm. Well, anyway, try and get somebody in Hartford to pick us up. I sure will. You're, I find your show very interesting, and keep up the good work. Well, it is different. Uh, thank you very much. Take care. Uh, Northwest Connecticut. Smaller town than I'm in here. Wow. All right. We'll be back shortly. The trip back in time continues with Art Bell hosting Coast to Coast AM. More Somewhere in Time coming up.
You're listening to Art Bell, Somewhere in Time. Tonight featuring Coast to Coast AM from November 2nd, 1995. Good morning, everybody. Good to be here. I'm Art Bell. And as you may or may not recall, depending on how long you've been listening to the program, we did a very significant interview with Chris Ruddy, the Pittsburgh Tribune reporter who has doggedly been pursuing the Vince Foster case. The lead forensic expert uh, who examined the so-called suicide note, or depression note, whatever you want to call it, of Vince Foster, which magically appeared, is um, Reginald E. Alton. And Reginald E. Alton is the Dr. Lee of handwriting. He is a world-recognized expert on handwriting examination and manuscript authentication. Uh, he has 30 years' experience in the field of forensic document examination, has lectured during this period at Oxford University on handwriting and manuscripts, including the detection of forgery, underline that forgery, and the identification of handwriting to doctoral and research students in the University of Oxford. In recent years, he ruled on charges that some manuscripts of the late C.S. Lewis were a forgery. He validated their authenticity. He's ruled on numerous question documents and antique manuscripts, some of great monetary value, including such noteworthy historical figures as Don, Shelley, Christina Rossetti, to modern-day authors like Oscar Wilde. He's been consulted by civil bodies and by British police authorities, has testified as an expert witness in British courts, on criminal matters relating to question documents, anonymous letters, and other forgeries. Uh, Mr. Alton, MCMA, is a, an emeritus fellow of St. Edmund Hall University of Oxford, is currently Dean of Degrees at St. Edmund Hall, Oxford's oldest institution for undergraduates. He was a fellow, tutor, and vice principal of St. Edmund Hall, has served as chairman of the English faculty, as well as lecturer at Pembroke, Asus and Exeter Colleges in the University of Oxford. So, um, in other words, a heavyweight. And um, I don't know exactly where he is, but I know he's somewhere in jolly old England. Um, uh, uh, Mr. Alton, are you there? Yes, I'm here. Um, well, um, first of all, welcome to the program. And hello to you, Mr. Bell, uh, where where are you, pray tell, in England? I'm sitting in the middle of Oxford. Uh, Oxford at the moment, eh? Okay. Yes. Um, I take it um, you examined carefully, and I don't know a lot about handwriting um, analysis, so I'm going to ask you to just give me a little basic education by asking you the following question: uh, Is it a how exact a science is it? One does a great deal of measuring, firstly. Uh, secondly, it's an exact enough science not to want to do it from photocopies. In this case, the forgeries seem to me to be so clearly a forgery that it was possible to pronounce it so even from photocopies of this curious document and from photocopies of authentic documents written by poor Mr. Foster. Um, 
here in America, we were treated to the spectacle of the O.J. Simpson trial, and they had DNA experts who gave us uh, mind-boggling numbers. Uh, do you do that same sort of mathematical uh, work when you try and determine whether something is a forgery? Yeah, some measurement, yes. Some measurement. I wouldn't say mind-boggling DNA uh, <clears throat> statistics. In this particular case, and in most cases, it's possible to see with the naked eye, let alone through uh, magnifying apparatus, that the hand that produced the question document is not the hand that writes normally as, say, poor Mr. Foster. Uh, the implications... That, that of... is, in this case, even though it looked as though every attempt had been made to make things difficult for an examiner. Mm -hmm. It's very difficult to do this broadcasting with visual, uh, talking about visual matters. Yes. Very difficult to, to do this with the voice. Yes, well, of course, radio uh, is the theater of the mind. But uh, if you can give it to us in layman's terms, what, what jumped out at you? You said it was very obviously a forgery. So something and, or some things obviously jumped out at you and said it's a forgery. The things that jumped out at me, the things that seemed to clinch the matter for me, were the fact that the forger had not understood the way Foster made the letters. He uh, was able, somewhat laboriously, to reproduce the shapes that Foster made on the paper, but not, for instance, the characteristic number of strokes or the characteristic movement of the hand. Um, Foster will use three, one stroke for uh, minuscule b, lowercase b. The forger uses three, and you can see that even from the photocopy mm. from where the letters are thickened on the page. Again, uh, Foster's characteristic movement of the hand, and if any of your listeners are uh, awake enough to, to do it, <laughs> is to make a counterclockwise movement so that when he writes uh, IN, for instance, he writes a series of what are called swags, that is, saucer-shaped marks. He does it very elegantly, easy movement, rhythmic, really quite artistic to look at. Aesthetic it is. The forger... The forger's movement of the hand is quite contrary. He makes N with an arch more often than Foster does. And one has to count the number of letters and also uh, makes copies of the documents and cuts them up into uh, small pieces and puts them together so that you have, uh, you're not being taken in by meaning on the page. Is that any help? Well, that is help. I also understand uh, it was rip, uh, ripped, I guess, into 28 pieces. Oh, that's a, an immediate signal that one ought to look at, uh, uh, look with some suspicion at it. Any document which turns up 
unexpectedly, any manuscript, a literary manuscript, a valuable literary manuscript, anything which turns up unexpectedly and has been uh, distressed, as the antique trade calls it, defaced, yes. uh, is immediately should be immediately subject to suspicion. Yeah. Well, what, what added to that also was the fact that uh, how do you rip something into 28 pieces without leaving uh, fingerprints on just about every piece? Heaven knows. I'm not a fingerprint expert, so I don't mm. know. I only deal with manuscripts. I don't know how you do it without leaving fingerprints. You wear gloves. I suppose you wear gloves. Now, um, I would like to ask you this. Um, which uh, is odd, an odd thing for Foster to do, is he tore up this uh, manuscript before it suddenly appeared a week late. I believe, uh, uh, I believe a briefcase was searched after three days, which alone is a bit late to search something after a, uh, a violent death, a suicide, an alleged suicide. Oh, then it was searched again about a several days later. Then all of a sudden there little was, bits yeah. Were yeah, there you are. Um, was it possible, or is it possible uh, for you as a handwriting expert to determine whether this was done slowly and deliberately or whether it was a rather fast um, attempt at a forgery? Is, is it possible to... It was slow, done slowly and deliberately. In my opinion, it is uh, just like somebody copying a picture. Hmm. The forger copies what he sees, he makes quite deliberate strokes, and then he deliberately adds little bits where, it's, where he's not got it quite right first time. It doesn't look written to me, which Foster's writing, which is open and easy and moves freely, does. I don't think, by the way, that these differences are because the writer was under stress. Uh, they're not. I've seen many documents, many pieces of handwriting written under stress. I've seen a lot of handwriting by undergraduates who are under stress of various kinds. Uh, work stress or emotional stress or sexual stress or something. Or, or stress that you probably produce for them. No, no doubt. No <laughs> doubt, no doubt. <laughs> I try not to, actually. And I have a box of tissues there for... I see. In case. I see. They get under stress. But it is not, the differences are not the differences I have observed in documents done under stress. Uh, all right. Well, finally, I guess I would ask you this, um, or perhaps semi-finally. Uh, you examined this document with two other handwriting experts, and it is my understanding they also came to the same conclusion you did. Is that correct? They came to the same conclusion as I did. I did not know either of them. I had not met either of them before. I had not met any of the people who uh, asked me to look at the document before I was met at the airport in Washington the day before the press conference. Um, are you on the payroll of the American Republican Party? Certainly not. I'm not on anybody's payroll. <laughs> Indeed, I didn't ask. I didn't ask a fee for this. Much to the uh, Chagrin. Anger at my wife. Oh, I see. You I don't you. normally ask a fee uh -huh. for this kind of work. I never have. So then you do conclude, uh, to summarize here, that um, uh, beyond any shadow of a scientific doubt, this was a forgery. I conclude beyond any shadow of doubt in my mind that this uh, document is a deliberate 
and uh, not very good forgery. Um, that is such a startling conclusion with such very important implications, uh, uh, Doctor, that I'm wondering, have you been contacted by any congressional or Senate staff or investigative uh, committees in this country? No. Do you, do you consider that to be a little more than passing strange? Well, I do now. I didn't know the background circumstances to this case when I agreed to look at a question document. I've now heard a lot of the background circumstances, and it does look as though there are a lot of questions to be answered. I believe the investigation is still going on. Doctor, I want to thank you for joining us. Uh, I know you've got a very busy schedule, and we will scoot off now, but you really, really have uh, added a great deal uh, to what we've been trying to learn. Thank you. Well, thank you for ringing me. I hope you're... People will forgive me for boring them with these details, which are not easy unless you've got the thing in front of you. Not boring, Doctor. Thank you. Take Bye. care. Uh, that's uh, Dr. R. E. Alton uh, from Oxford. And if you did not buy a lot of what Chris Ruddy had to say, then perhaps you absorbed what Dr. Alton just said. Now, Dr. Alton's job is not to deal with the implications of what the forgery means. That's our job. Do you realize what it means? Do you realize what it means? It means there was at the very least obstruction of justice. At worst, at worst case, a murder. Now, For no investigative body, uh, congressional or Senate, to have contacted uh, what the world's leading expert in handwriting analysis is in itself a bit of a puzzle. Now, why, oh why, would not 60 Minutes, which went uh, after Chris Ruddy, you'll recall, be interested in pursuing this? Why didn't we see this story last Sunday? Or, why isn't it going to be on next Sunday? In other words, where's the media? You're listening to Art Bell, Somewhere in Time. Tonight featuring Coast to Coast AM from November 2nd, 1995. And again, I'm forced to wonder out loud, with the kind of evidence that you just heard, not from Chris Ruddy, but from uh, the, the world's foremost handwriting expert at Oxford, uh, declaring this uh, so-called suicide note a forgery. Where's the investigation going? Why isn't it absolutely at, you know, Watergate size headlines. We're either talking about obstruction of justice, should it lead to the White House in an impeachable offense, uh, or, uh, worst case, murder. 
Uh, certainly, uh, a forged suicide note has got to lead one in, in one of those directions, not necessarily to the president. I'm not saying that. Does it touch the White House? What do you think? You tell me. Does it deserve to be investigated? What do you think? You tell me. East of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hello. Art. Yes. Uh, this is Mark. Uh, this is one of the stranger logistical uh, cars you'll get. Uh, I'm from Little Rock, but I'm in uh, South Louisiana. Okay. Picking you up on a San Antonio station. W-O-A-I. Yes. Yes, sir. Uh, okay, uh, you were talking earlier about this uh, FBI uh, tapping phones. Uh, I didn't catch the whole deal. You kind of faded out on that. What was the deal on that now? Okay, well, it's simple. Uh, they, they are seeking uh, permission congressionally uh, to be able to tap um, in, in major cities uh, across the nation about 1% of the phone lines, or about 1 in uh, 100 phone conversations. Are you sure this isn't the KGB? Um, uh, we're we're moving so close to such a socialist society. It's, it's pathetic. Uh-huh. I, uh, I'm sick to death of this. Well, I, I have figured out a way to defeat it. Even if they get it through, I know how to defeat it. Okay. All right? Now, the way they do this is with new high-speed computers. They don't actually have guys sitting there listening to conversations. Mm -hmm. What they do is they use computers and they look for keywords. The okay. computer is searching for keywords in conversations, like kilo, oh, okay. uh, or gun, or ah. bomb, or explosion. <laughs> and so from now on, if they pass this, um, everybody in America during any normal conversation, right in the middle somewhere, just say kilo, kilo, kilo. And they'll end up listening to so many conversations that they'll just give up on the whole plan. Oh, uh, I heard on San Antonio Station, too, uh, this is changing the subject, but uh, there was an, another girl, she was 13, uh, she was convicted today of, uh, of uh, suffocating two babies that she was babysitting. Oh, my God. Uh, they're going to decide her fate tomorrow. I, um, I, I have, you know, I'm shaking my head. It's the only time I wish it was TV. Thank you, my friend. I've got to go. I, look, I don't know what to say about that kind of thing. It's good we can watch stars be born because otherwise it seems sometimes like we're watching the death of the human race. You're listening to Art Bell, Somewhere in Time, tonight featuring Coast to Coast AM from November 2nd, 1995.
Premier Networks presents Art Bell, Somewhere in Time. Tonight featuring Coast to Coast AM from November 2nd, 1995. Live talk radio throughout the night time. Because the radio station you're listening to right now cares enough about you to have live talk radio on. So every now and then you might pick up the phone and call them up and say thank you. Because otherwise, who knows what you might be getting. Some uh, regurgitated, recycled, relentless repeat. <sighs> I don't know. Anybody can do it. Uh, yet another fact from Ann in Gig Harbor, Michigan. Oh, no, Gig Harbor. I'm sorry, Gig Harbor, Washington, Como country, KVI. KVI Como. Duopolis. Art, quit, quit picking on women. She spells it W-I-M-M-I-N. <laughs> Quit picking on women. God said it was Adam's fault, not Eve's. He said, quote, she was deceived, but Adam was not, end quote, meaning she picked what she uh, was tricked into thinking was good, but it was Adam who chose what he knew was evil. <sighs> well, And then uh, this is a pretty good follow-up. Uh, dear Art, you don't understand women? Art, I'm a woman, and I don't understand women. And she adds, also, if I get some Leprina and I spray it on my rear, will my boss disappear? Tracy Wenatchee. <laughs> no, Tracy. Um, but it will be a good symbolic thing for you to do, and it will be cathartic for you, so spray away. And then uh, one other item, Art, do not open that GIF file you'll be receiving from Steve. A source of mine in government intelligence, I can't say which government, has warned me that the Steve Consortium has developed a computer virus which they are spreading throughout the world via the net. According to this source, if you view the GIF file on your computer, your hard drive will be permanently infected with the virus Stupid, which stands for Steve's to undermine people Internet daily. This virus is even worse than the good times virus, because instead of destroying your system, it actually causes your system sound card to just repeat phrases like, Steve's will soon control the world, followed by that disgusting laugh that all Steve's seem to have. Another side effect of the stupid virus is that instead of seeing the GIF image you were expecting to get, your system will instead put your monitor into a continual loop of screensavers made up of mugshots of all Steves. As I have said, this virus will not destroy your system. But after looking at all those Steves, you might want to destroy it yourself. Tim, listening to KSFO in Foster City. <laughs> Um, also, somehow somebody managed to fax me a very legible, uh, albeit a low-definition, picture of these gaseous pillars, M16. My God. And that's the right word, God. How anybody could look at this and not detect the presence of a creator of creation in progress. This is the most amazing photograph I have ever seen. The single most amazing photograph I have ever seen. 
West of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hi. This is not Art Bell. What have you done with him? Just I've kidding. killed him and replaced him, and I'm now taking his place permanently. Hey, that uh, Linda Howe Bigfoot sound? Yes. My wife made that sound four days out of the month every month. I don't think that's Bigfoot. Sir, uh, could we please have your phone number and address? There's a whole group of gals who'd like to come and see you immediately. I'm sure that was just a joke. Yeah? Hey, uh... You know, it's jokes like that that end up these days getting guys strung up. Sometimes, yeah, sometimes, should... sometimes not by their necks. I guess I should be more careful. You should. Hey, uh, I was just wondering if you wanted to hear a good ghost story. No, that's for Halloween. Well, okay. If you really, really have a good ghost story, save it for Halloween. Or maybe I'll be forced to do a semi-annual ghost show. Well, maybe I'll save it till next year. Would you? Yeah, it could wait. All right, thank you. All right. I, I appreciate it. I mean, I, I mean they're, they're, you know, it's kind of open to everything, but if I get going with ghost stories, I won't be able to stop it. You know what I mean? I know. Hey, uh, <laughs> you, have an, you have a Kenwood 830? I do. I had a Kenwood TS 930. And it's still got tubes in it, glow-in-the-dark tubes, and I'm not giving it up. You know what? I, I wouldn't blame you, because I had a, a TS-930 with automatic antenna tuner and the whole nine yards. Yeah. And I couldn't keep it running. And a buddy of mine had an old Yesu 101, yep. and the receive used to make mine look deaf. Well, and I think that my next radio is going to glow in the dark. Yeah, well, good for you. And uh, you know what else it'll do? What? It'll be a hell of a lot cheaper. Yeah. <laughs> All right, listen, i got to go. That's ham radio talk. Old radios versus newer technology. People laugh at me for my radio. But I'll tell you something. The old Kenwood 830, that's a DXer's radio. That's ham talk, too. Uh, wild card line, you're on the air. Hello. Hello, Art. Yes. My gosh, I can't believe I got through. It would seem you have. <laughs> I've been listening to you for a few years, and I just want to let you know that I really appreciate your show. Well, thank uh, you. Where are you? I'm in Las Vegas, fabulous Las Vegas. KVEG840. Affirmative. <laughs> anyway, uh, the reason I called was that uh, I've got uh, a little audio tape that I'd like to send you, and I don't know where to send it. And so you wish my address. Uh, yes, if you can. Do you have pencil and paper? I sure do. Are you prepared? Yep. Art Bell, of course. Yep. Post Office Box 4755. Pa-rump. P-A-H-P-A-H-R-U-M-P. Okay. Nevada. Zip code 89041 dash 4755. 4755. Uh-huh. Okay. Also, uh, I have to give a little plug here for Absolutely Fresh Flowers because uh, I've ordered those several times for people, and uh, they have been impressed every time. Oh, yes. Uh, even even the ones that got them twice. <laughs> uh, oh, yes, sir. You're absolutely correct. Um, they are very impressive indeed, aren't they? Yes, they are. Anyway, Art, uh, I love Dreamland. And Thank uh, you. I try to tune you in every time I can get you. I just wish that uh, KBG air would... Uh, Air it live? Yeah. Well, the thing is, at least they're airing it, sir, and 10 o'clock is not a bad hour to start Dreamland. So, mm -hmm. That's true. I'm very glad and I'm very grateful to KVEG, not only for that, but for getting our entire program on, you know? Mm -hmm. Me too, and I'll, I'll be sure to let them know. Uh, <laughs> about you. Hubble, uh, you know, if they can pick up things uh, from 7,000 light years away, yes. I, I wonder what they can pick up in our solar system that they're not telling us about. Well, those are the pictures they don't release. 
I mean, you you would think uh, you're, you're. I mean, you're really right about that. Uh, they might pick up little guys walking around on the surface of Mars. You know, popping out of the red stuff every now and then, crawling around for a while, diving back in. <laughs> I I gotta run. Thanks for the okay, call. Okay, bye bye. Take care. K V E G. Las Vegas. <laughs> You're listening to Art Bell, Somewhere in Time. Tonight featuring Coast to Coast AM from November 2nd, 1995. East of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hi. Morning, Art. Good morning. Uh, I was calling uh, from Fort Myers, Florida. Yes, sir. To let you know uh, that I was able to pick up the uh, radio station from, uh, where was it, 1180? Oh, uh, you're kidding. Uh, you can hear Rochester, New York, down in Fort Myers? Yes. Holy moly. Uh, we used to have a station at 1200. It's off the air now. Well, that's, of course, San Antonio. Yes. And uh, I was able to pick it up last night and tonight. It fades in and out, but uh, when it comes in, it booms. Well, let's see. That would be about, what, about 1,300, 1,400 miles? At least. Holy smokes. Uh, that's, a big, uh, that's a big station. Yeah. I normally listen to you on 1240 down here, Wink AM. Right. But uh, you went off at 5 o'clock down here. Oh, that's right. And it's great hearing you. Well, it's great being there. I figured I'd give you a radio check, long-distance DX talk. That really is long-distance. Uh, that's, that's so t totally cool. 1180, well, that's a clear channel frequency, truly clear, and um, they radiate equally in all directions. Wow. Imagine that. They can probably hear you in Newfoundland, then. Yeah. That would be my guess. Yeah. And okay. then we've got, we've got stations up in Alaska, for example, KFAR in Fairbanks. Yes. It radiates equally uh, going up toward the North Pole, so figure. Yes. Thanks for the call. Thank you. Take care. Uh, Fort Myers, Florida. Wow. That's some DXing. Some night we'll, uh, we'll see how far we really get. You know, we'll just... What I really wish I had is an international line. That'd be fun, huh? We're also on satellite, by the way, for those of you that are uh, not aware. If you've got a home dish system, we are on uh, F1, transponder number 5, 6.8 wideband audio. And they carry the entire program. And Dreamland, and a lot of other network uh, products. So, um, so there you are. That's where we're located. East of the Rockies, you're on the air. Good morning. Good morning, Art. Ooh, you have hum on your line. Hello? Yes, hi. You have hum on your line. I, I can't understand you, Art. Well, that's that's cool, because I can't understand you either. You, well, I can, I mean, but you have hum on your line. <laughs> uh, I'm calling from uh, Excelsior Springs, Missouri. I'm listening to 810. KCMO. Yes. Uh-huh. Uh, I heard you were on today. Uh, I was on with Mike Murphy, yes. Well, I'm sorry I missed it. I stayed up late last night listening to your show. And fell asleep. Yeah, I know. Well, that happens. <laughs> yeah, so I missed uh, an interview with Mike Murphy, but uh, he's a great guy. Yeah, yeah. Um, and we have a lot in common, and so you know, we have we, we get along very well, and we just have a lot of fun. 
Well, I, I'm a night owl, so I really enjoy your show. This is the first time I called. But, uh, well, I'm glad you made it through, um, <laughs> sort of. Are you, are you on a portable phone? Uh, no, I'm not. Well, in that no. case, you need to call the phone company and, uh, and tell them you have hum. 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 Okay. Okay? Yeah, okay. All right, my friend, thank you. Um, Yeah, I was on with Mike Murphy uh, yesterday. Occasionally I do those. It's getting to be a problem, though, uh, because now with 230 affiliates online, uh, there are a lot of requested interviews, and it's getting harder. You know, it really is. I mean, we do five hours here all night long, five hours. And then when you add a sixth or a seventh hour, it does begin to get a little long. But uh, uh, but still, I, I try when I can uh, to do these because it's kind of fun to go to the individual markets, you know, and talk to the people that otherwise uh, don't get an opportunity to get through. East of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hello, Art. This is Jeremiah from Evans. Gee, talk about a blast out of the past. Jeremiah, <laughs> I haven't heard your voice in I don't know how long. Yeah. Well, um, I got a couple things to talk about tonight. One I mean, you could have you could have died. That's true. That's true. Well, as I said, you know, now I'm over my drug stuff, and I'm, I'm doing much better now. Um, that's good. Yeah, but um, the first thing is Linda Howe, and she had a thing on PBS. Uh, yes. Mm hmm. For like uh, I think it was a three hour special called Strange Harvest. Yes. On uh, cattle mutilations, it was pretty cool. Oh yes, it was very well done. Linda Howe, um, began all this not looking for crop circles or animal mutilations or anything else, she approached this, uh, she was a, a, did documentaries and investigative reporting, and so she just fell into it. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I didn't know that, but I thought it was really well done, really well done. Well, I, it is important to note. In other words, she did not start out um, looking into this field. She simply made her way to it and uh, then became fascinated in the way she went. The other thing is the Internet. <clears throat> yes. Mainly BBSs. Yes. yes, yes, yes. And from all the people I've talked to on the computers, yes. they're really stuck-up people, oh. and they're very gullible. Oh, why do you say that? Well, I've posted a couple of things uh, on one free night here from uh, Denver. Yes. And people take everything you say very seriously. <laughs> very seriously. Well, look, uh, I would take the Internet about as seriously as my show. In other words, Jeremiah the Bullfrog or anybody else who comes on here and says something on the radio, you're just saying something on the radio, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's the same deal on the Internet. If you write a message in a news group or something uh, or whatever, wherever on the Internet, it's just somebody saying something. And you can't attach any more value uh, to it than you would a phone call you hear on my show here. Mm-hmm. Well, my favorite flame on me was um, Forrest Gump on acid. Forrest Gump on acid? They called you Forrest Gump on acid? Mm-hmm. Not bad, actually. Thoughts are things and things have wings. Later. Uh, okay, later. I, I've been flamed. Flaming means when you go after somebody. It's the Internet, uh, the internet expression for going after somebody. and Lots of people go after me. I learned long ago not to let it bother me, and it actually moved from that to it invigorates me. I actually enjoy it. I suppose I ought not tell those who do it that I do, but I do really enjoy it. Uh, it's kind of like getting uh, faxes from people who uh, go after me. You know, I, I like reading them. 
It's funny. I learned not to be offended long ago, and actually, if you... Any talk show host who does not monitor their mail and their email, if they have it, and everything else for a certain amount of hate, uh, if you're not getting that, you better be worried because it probably means you're not doing very much of anything at all. Wildcard line, you're on the air. Hello. Good morning, Mr. Bell. Hello. This is Leonard from Mitchell. How about that? Uh, what do you think of the birth of stars, Leonard? Did you see those photos? No, I don't have a TV and I don't have a computer. Did you ever see the picture of the birth of a star on which two stars collide and as they separate they leave a third star between them? Mm, no. I don't know whether that was a, an imaginary picture or whether it was an actual photograph. But it looked like a photograph. I've never forgotten that. Well, I was thinking about Ixiwaddle and Pococotopetl. Those are real tongue twisters. Yeah, and I refuse to do it. To me, it's Mount Poco. Uh, I'll tell you how to learn them, though. If you'll uh, get on an airplane and fly from Mexico City to Guatemala City, and they'll go right by those two granddaddy volcanic peaks, and they're really worth looking at. Well, that that all right. Uh, thanks, Leonard. That would be worth looking at. I'm glad. To, and I'd look down. I'd say, wow, look at that, Mount Poco. First time caller line, you're on the air. Hello. Yes, good morning, Mr. Bell. Hello there. Where are you? I am in Twin Falls, Idaho. Okay. WKIX. Yes, sir. And uh, I was listening. I just, last couple months, uh, I'm a wild mushroom picker, harvester. Um, you know, that's a very dangerous profession up in Oregon. That, that's exactly where I've been doing this, my wife and I, for the last six years, since 89. However, is it, the, is it dangerous there? Uh, we have finally gotten out of it as of this fall because we were chased by certain ethnic people that are trying to take over that particular business, and uh, they tried to shoot us. Uh-huh. Now, uh, I, I, a couple of questions. First of all, let's say those people weren't shooting at you and you had stayed in business. How lucrative a business is wild mushroom harvesting? In other words, how much money can you make? Quite frankly and quite honestly, in the six years we were involved, we had days where both of us brought, sold our mushrooms for over $1,700. A day? In one day. That's that's it's a rarity. Jeez, I'd almost uh, be willing to put on a bulletproof vest and uh, arm myself and go out there and pick anyway. Well, now that's for a particular variety of wild mushroom that right at this moment they are harvesting right now in the Cascades. That oh, being the Matsutake mushroom. The Matsut? Excuse me. Matsutake. Uh, it is mainly consumed by the Japanese. And uh, I I'm just so glad I got a hold of you to put this forum out there because a lot of people don't understand this. It's a multi-million dollar Absolutely. business, and it's all virtually underground. Yep. All the people that are involved in buying it, they don't pay taxes. This stuff gets shipped from where it's picked in the field, fresh. It goes overnight by refrigerator truck to Portland, Seattle, et cetera, et cetera. And it is directly shipped to Japan. I don't know how they get away with it. it just blows my mind. Well, but, you know what money does, and you know what the other stuff does. And so right. money moves mountains and mushrooms. 
but the whole idea is to push the white man out. I'm not. I'm certainly not uh, a prejudiced person. But when my livelihood, when I have to go out and get shot at, uh, my wife and I pretty much decided that any oh, amount of money at that point... It's very discouraging, yes. Uh, it's, it's discouraging, and it's just, it, it doesn't need to be, but the federal government, the United States Forest Service, protects these minorities that are taking over this business, or actually have taken over it. Well, that might be a little unfair. I, I doubt that they would... Uh... Uh, condone uh, the shooting of anybody. Uh, Absolutely do not condone any violence. R right. Uh, I'm going to have to run, but the man is right. The mushroom business is big business and lately a very dangerous business indeed. Well, look, if you leave us at this hour, uh, bon voyage. For the rest of you, we'll be right back. This is Premier Networks. That was Art Bell hosting Coast to Coast AM on this Somewhere in Time. topic. Which America do you think we are, folks? Are we the America of our founding fathers, the one that would pursue the truth for the sake of truth, not for the sake of an agenda, but for the sake of truth? Are we an America that will ignore uh, the world's foremost uh, handwriting expert declaring a suicide note by the president's uh, chief counsel a forgery? Are we really that America? I wonder. I'm just a talk show host, you know, and I throw this stuff out. I thought it was important to get that on, and uh, so now I guess I just ponder what will occur as a result of that. Which America are we? Are we really now in America where those with power, those with influence, can... I'll make it metaphorical uh, the sake of safety. Get away with murder. Maybe we are now that America. See, I can't believe that. That would be too sad. Why aren't you... You, you certainly are a... You'll, you'll buy anything, won't you? I've got a bridge for you. Of course we're that kind of America. I don't think so. But there are disquieting signs. Somewhere in Time with Art Bell continues, courtesy of Premier Networks.
east of the Rockies. You're on the air. Hi. Hi, Art. This is uh, Don from Fort Dodge calling. From where? Fort Dodge, Iowa. Excellent. Glad to have you. Well, thanks. Say, I think, uh, I don't think everything is over with just because uh, all the powers that be are ignoring Art Bell. Well, it's not Art Bell. Uh, it's Chris Ruddy. It's Dr. Alton and two other handwriting experts. It's um, either a pursuit of the truth or not. Art Bell doesn't have anything to do with it. What, didn't you uh, have a man on the air a few months back after the Oklahoma City bombing who uh, was just so certain, all this overwhelming evidence that uh, the number two man for the bombing was there in uh, Oklahoma City? They said they were pursuing somebody they considered to be a suspect. That's what he said. I see. Your memory is selective, sir. Well, it's, it's selective. It's, it's downright poor sometimes. <laughs> well, I mean, look, you heard the handwriting expert. I presume you did, didn't you? Yes, I did. All right. If you were a special investigator or special counsel or somebody who would decide, based on evidence placed in front of you, whether to investigate something or not, and you heard what I put on the air this morning, what would your decision be? Uh, there's nothing wrong with him being listened to, but you could probably find a, a half a dozen other experts who would disagree with him. It's not an exact science. I think we could all agree with that. He might be good at it, but there's a lot of guys good at it, and they probably... You can find a bunch of them that disagree. Yeah, but, sir, uh, even allowing for that, and I'll allow for that, let's say it's not an exact science, although he, to some degree, uh, uh, certainly did argue with that, I think, effectively. But let's say it's not exact. It's still strong enough that somebody should be pursuing the whole matter further. And if they don't, something is obviously wrong. That, that may be the case, but I still think you're overstating things when you say that America as we know it is no more. Well, if... Um, they may be looking into it. They might they just may not be making a bunch of noise about it right now. Yeah? He's, he's probably not being ignored. Uh-huh. Do you remember why, or do you remember the uh, uh, Watergate hearings? Yeah, I'm not that old, but I, I faintly remember. Well, that's too bad. <laughs> um, that's too bad, because there was a lot of noise. You know, a big investigation and a lot of noise. Mm -hmm. And we have more evidence uh, right now that should scream for an investigation than they had when Watergate began, by far. And uh, there is a deafening silence, a better silence than I can get out my front door. Okay. Well, it's just that I can remember when you had the, uh, the man from Oklahoma City on there. The man from Oklahoma City the was... A very reputable man. He, he, sound, he made a heck of a no, case. No, 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 no. You're deal. wrong again. See, your memory is very selective. He was an investigator... For the television station, KFOR Television in Oklahoma City. Oh, okay, I did. I remember that. I thought he was an investigative reporter, but he's just an investigator. An investigative PI. But anyway, I just remember him. I, I was just waiting for the story to break, and I just, it just never did, or at least it hasn't yet. And nor has it changed. Well, maybe you should get him back on there and see what he's up to. Well, maybe we should. I appreciate your call. Thank you. Thanks, Art. All right. West of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hi, Art. Um, I'm calling from Seaside, Oregon. Yes. And I was just watching CNN, and they were showing those pictures of the uh, star being born. Is that amazing, or what? Oh, it's just gorgeous. But there's two angles. They show it, you know, kind of like the fingers going to the left. Right. Of your TV screen, and then they have it where it's going straight up uh, for the armor sculptures. And it looks just like fingers. I know. Like a hand. It is so beautiful. I know. I know. But, um, it's creation. Yeah. 
Well, it is. It's kind of awe-inspiring, but uh, I agree with someone who said earlier, what are they not telling us that we are already finding out there? Well, I don't know. Uh, what's in that photograph is as good as any science fiction book anywhere. Yeah. Well, I don't think we need to live with much science fiction anymore. Most of what, like Jules Verne, has came true, and then every time we talk about science fiction, it becomes the now science. It certainly does. Yeah, and I want to thank you. You have such a nice show. Oh, thank you. Know. you. And I get you in about 16 different ways, probably, on the coast here. You do, Depending, huh? Well, I get five or six stations. I get as far as... Uh, Spokane, sometimes Salt Lake, sometimes Reno, sometimes uh, Eugene, sometimes Portland. So All depends on the atmosphere. Yeah, we're, we're right on the ocean here. Um, well, then then I think that does enhance uh, Skip a little bit. I want to ask you something else. Though. Sure. With all the things that we you talk about on your show, how do you balance it without getting too anxious about the possibilities of the things that could happen? Um, I know... Uh, you know, you encourage people not to get paranoid. But, no, you know, I do. I, knew... I do, and uh, I balance myself in a lot of different ways, ma'am, and I don't always succeed, and I don't mean to give that impression. There are times when I am affected by what I do, but I try, I mean, you know, life is life, and if a comet's going to come crashing into Earth, basically... I can't stop it. Well, I'm worried about the tsunami that we're going to get here in Oregon. Well, all right. So I've been prepared. That's, tsunami. That's, a, that's another good thing. If a 100-foot wave is going to come washing over your head... You don't have a chance anyway. There's not a lot you're going to do about it. Yeah, unless you get some warning. Try a little body surfing for a few seconds, and then it's over. <laughs> well, I, uh, I know something else I wanted to ask you from a long time ago when you first had the alien thing going about the autopsies. Oh, yes. And I got your newsletter. Yes. When I opened that and I saw those figures, every time I see a crop circle, I get the same impression. I know what they are, but I can't tell you. It's like I've seen them or they're in my mind somewhere or I've seen them somewhere. But when I see a, uh, a crop circle, mm -hmm. I'm almost certain there's a message there, but I can't translate it. You're not yet to the mashed potato stage. Well, I don't know what you mean by that. Well, don't you remember Close Encounters of the Third Kind? Oh, no, huh? Remember no. the mashed potato thing where it was building the little... No, it makes me calm when I see it, though. It's like a lot of the things that, you know, have been coming out about this, it's like, okay, I know that. It's okay. I don't feel scared of that. I am or... not, I'm not beyond um, believing there is a conditioning process underway. Well, I believe that, too, because I know that uh, there was inklings that they knew about Pegasus 51 a couple of years ago. Boy, and, been, and for it to be released now. There sure have been a lot of recent discoveries, haven't yeah. there? Makes you stop and say, well, it, it's like the guy last night from Australia. You stop and evaluate your personal life, mm -hmm. and you live your life according to what you can. That's right. And you hope you don't get run over by a Mack truck. That is about my attitude. And I don't commute anymore, so my, my odds of getting hit by the Mack truck are reduced. Well, and I'm disabled, so I don't hardly go anywhere either. So. Well, there you are. All right, thank you very much for the call, and just uh, hang in there. Dealing with uh, current events and news and the things I do, you have to learn some sort of balance. And as I said, I do not always succeed. I'm human like everybody else. Some of the scallion stuff um, gets to me. But... Again, you know, what are you going to do? I suppose if California drops off and falls into the ocean or something, I'll take notice and I'll say, well, gee whiz. 
better move east. But I don't know. Where are you going to go? If Scallion's future map were to be, um, life on this planet would never be the same again. Ever. Well, you should never say never, but um, generally speaking, uh, in the foreseeable generations, it would not be. It would reshape everything. I'm not saying all life would be extinguished, because it would not. But it wouldn't be the same for a long time. So you contemplate these things as you do the birth of stars and photographs of the birth of stars and the process of creation and all of these other things. They're wonderful to contemplate, and uh, so I'm happy to be around contemplating them, and um, I settled for that. West of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hi. Yeah, Art, do you recall when uh, they were investigating the Koresh uh, problems and those two ATF agents were in the gun shop and the guy in the, that owned the gun shop called Koresh and uh, invited them to talk to him, and Koresh offered them to come out and inspect his his uh, armory? I do. Now, that was sworn testimony, so I'm, I'm assuming it has to be true. So nothing was done about that, so there was no need uh, to cover up or anything else. The, the ATF had an opportunity at any time that uh, they wanted to, to go out there and inspect his arms and see if there's any problems, which they didn't, mm -hmm. and it led to a whole bunch of other problems. Then we get back to Ruby Ridge, and we see a whole flock of things that went on within the <coughs> ATF and the FBI. Yes, yes. And then you get back to uh, uh, this, what do they call it, uh, when Hillary was trying to switch the agency for travel arrangements and everything. Travelgate. And they, they called in the FBI to uh, validate what, you know, they claimed was uh, wrong with that uh, yeah, yeah. bunch of people. Yes. Major we, get down to this, we get down to this forgery thing, and this note was given to the FBI for inspection for forgery. And they only looked at one other document that he had written on. Yes, sir. And they we're, came, we're they came back and said, this is uh, obviously a, a valid document. Yes. Now, what does this profile tell you about what's going on here, about the accuracy and the efficiency of these agencies that we're dealing with here? Well, we already know there is an international uh, group that's going to look into the uh, FBI's uh, crime lab uh, because of exactly those kinds of problems. Uh, so... What does it tell you? Um, I'm, I'm not concerned about the FBI, sir. They'll be looked into. I am well aware that they only looked at one example of handwriting to come to the conclusion they did. I'm saying that I just presented stronger evidence than theirs uh, that it is a forgery. Now, either something happens as a result of that or not. Either that is a um, an absolute reason to force an investigation that, that will either confirm or deny what was just heard on my program uh, a couple hours ago. You know, or it's not. And if it's not, then that means there are basic things that have changed about America since even the days of Watergate. You see, I lived through those days. I remember. So I guess I'm a little philosophical about the whole thing. I probably ought to be angry and jumping up and down. I just laid it out. Um, and either somebody's going to pick it up and say, look, this demands, this is evidence that demands an, an investigation or not. 
Simple as that. You tell me. And your answer says a lot about what kind of America we live in right now. And I'll repeat for effect. It's not an agenda. All right? I'm not a Clinton basher. I don't like President Clinton. Um, I'll, I'll be flat out honest with you. Some guy called early in the show this morning and said he's a communist. I said, no, he's not. <laughs> no, he's not. He's not a communist. He's, uh, you know, communists, they, they, had, they have principles. Albeit ones we don't agree with, they have principles, things they believe in. To me, our president is without uh, any basic grounding, uh, with the exception of the desire to be reelected and be in office. So, I really don't, I don't, I can't say that I hate him, because I don't. I don't hate President Clinton. He's been uh, kind of a mediocre president. He's done a, done a lot of things I certainly disagree with. But if you think that I put on this expert in handwriting, the world's a foremost expert at Oxford, to go after Clinton for political reasons, you're all wet. Absolutely, flat out, all wet. I did it just in case anybody out there cares to pursue the truth. If it's important anymore in this country. With regard to Ruby Ridge and Waco, God knows we've got uh, just the ending of another Waco hearing. Ruby Ridge, we know a lot about that, don't we? We know what they did wrong there, don't we? There's been testimony. There's been people copping the fifth. It's not over. There may be people indicted. So we know a lot about Ruby Ridge. We know a lot about Waco. But what do we know about the supposed suicide of Vince Foster? Hmm? You tell me. What do we know? Hmm. Well, we now know that the um, a suicide note, according to an expert, is in all likelihood a forgery. In fact, uh, he was quite plain about it. Now, what does that mean? If the note was forged... I don't want to. I don't want to lay it out for you. You lay it out for me. What does it mean if that note is a forgery? What does it mean? Wildcard line, you're on the air. Hi. Hi, Art. This is Nick over in Seattle. Good. Welcome. Yeah, I'm on calling on uh, Como now, not KVI. So that's right. Switch over at one o'clock. Yep. Hey, got some information for you to pass along. Okay. Um, you said you did not have a picture of the stars or not. Well, I don't have a GIF file of the uh, of it yet. No. Okay, I can give you three of them. <laughs> wow. I have the uh, web address at NASA, and if you want that, I can give that to you over the air. Well, it, you're um, you're welcome. Is it a long address? Um, yes and no. It's at NASA, basically. Yeah. So if you, you know, go to NASA, uh, their um, the main office on the web. Their public address office. Right. They have all the public affairs office. They have all the images you ever want. Can you go to the web crawler and just enter the keyword NASA and that'll take you there? Exactly. That's how I did it. All right. There you go. Uh, these long, these. Oh, I'm telling you, I let people give out web addresses, and it's it's just almost impossible. I mean, you, it goes on and on and on and on. They've got to figure out an easier way to get addresses on the web. Oh, yeah, definitely. They, they're just getting too long now. They got, I mean, almost 
30 characters at least now. I know. And then they get longer and longer as you get files and stuff like that. I know. They'll shorten up eventually. Hey, what about that picture, though? <laughs> I think I've never in my life seen anything like it. I look forward to the high-quality image that I'll get on my computer. Oh, yeah, they got three different kinds. they got a real general medium color resolution. they got a really high black and white one. When and you extremely good. Yeah, when you looked at it, and when you sit there and look at it, what kind of feeling comes over you? A sheer awesome and power. <laughs> That's the best way to describe it. And to be honest, I'm not a, I'm not a real religious person, but when I did see that, it is kind of like it looks like almost the hand of God or something like that. That's what I thought. I saw the three fingers, almost like the hand of God, you know, yeah. compassing a star or something. It is pretty amazing sight. And I can't even believe how big this is. I mean, they they said on the news that this thing, this the Earth is one little dot on this page. You know? Sir, it seems illogical to me that there that there is not a uh, a higher force be behind it's, it. Yeah, all. it's incredible. Mm -hmm. It's just amazing. This actual seven thousand years ago, you know, where we where are we seven thousand years from now? So yeah, I, I it's wonderful. I mean, it's almost like uh, a, a twenty ten where uh, you know something wonderful is going to happen. Well, that photograph is almost something wonderful. Well, we're getting close, I'll tell you that much. Yeah. I got a feeling. We're getting close. Thank you, sir. Sure, no problem. Take care. Um, it is that impressive. Uh, the, the photograph, obviously, is going to rapidly circulate, and uh, by morning I will have some good copies, and we'll take the best of what I find and put it on the bulletin board for you. It is like the hand of God, though. How can you watch the creation of stars? The actual creation. Albeit 7,000 years ago, you're actually watching a star being born. And if you didn't see the photograph, there are not words that will do justice to what Hubble picked up. I, I think we just paid for Hubble. This photograph uh, uh, will, for the rest of our lives, I'm sure, be shown. It was and is remarkable. And how somebody can look at that and not imagine uh, the hand of a creator is beyond me. I'm not a thumper. You know me, I'm not a thumper. But there is a, there is a force that we do not understand. Some of you will say, well, I understand it. There is a force that I don't understand that is behind that. And that's about as far as I can go. I do believe that there is a creator force. And that, uh, that is comforting, and that photograph, for that reason, for me, is not eerie or scary. It is actually comforting. This is Premier Networks. That was Art Bell hosting Coast to Coast AM on this Somewhere in Time.
listening to Art Bell, Somewhere in Time. Tonight featuring Coast to Coast AM from November 2nd, 1995. I've got a fax here that I'm going to read and I'll deal with it in a second. Concerning Vince Foster and uh, the hearings yesterday, and I was aware of it. Um, I will read the facts and deal with it. Uh, I didn't bring it up for a good reason, but I will read the facts. Uh, here we go. Art, the following occurred yesterday in the Senate Whitewater hearings. During a series of intense questions regarding phone records, Maggie Williams, Mrs. Clinton's chief of staff, answered, quote, The night Vince was killed, end quote, and then quickly corrected herself to the night Vince committed suicide. This was about a half hour into the hearing. I've got it on tape if you'd like to hear it. Um, I did hear it. Thank you. Please verify an error if you feel it is relevant. Either way, it sure was an interesting slip of the tongue. I was going to phone, but I felt you'd rather have the choice of airing this or not. Thanks again for all the great information, Bonnie, of Foster City. Well, Bonnie... Yes, I was aware of it. Um, it's just that I think that if we want the investigation to move forward, we're not going to do it on the backs or the back of a slip of the tongue. We're going to do it with what the kind of thing that I gave you and everybody else this morning. That is what's going to push a deeper investigation. So I was aware of it. It is interesting, but... Um, it would be regarded as generally irrelevant uh, by anybody who would be considering a, uh, you know, a further investigation or probe into the whole Vince Foster matter. Now, what I gave you this morning is not irrelevant and would be considered by anybody judging whether to further investigate as uh, undeniably important uh, information demanding a pursuit so i chose not to uh air that even though i am I, I was aware of it i saw it uh interesting but um may, maybe i watched too much of judge ito you know when, when you're considering what it will take to force a further look uh a slip of the lip will not do it but a world-renowned handwriting expert and two others will east of the rockies you're on the air good morning Mr. Bell? Yes. Yeah, this is Terry. I'm from Alton, Illinois, which is right next to St. Louis. Yes, sir. Uh, I only have a couple of things to tell you, one of which would be uh, we listen to K-Ram 1380. Yes. But uh, we're not picking you up very much. <laughs> I know. Oh, you do know? I know. Okay. Uh, no I, I will give you a little information, okay? Okay. Uh, beginning in about two weeks, look for us on KSD. KSD? Yes, sir. KSB, okay. You know what the call numbers are? Oh, um, well, um, you know what? I have forgotten. Uh, it's way down low on the dial. I'm sorry, I've forgotten. Okay, sir. It's uh, a far more powerful uh, station. Okay. Uh, another thing I wanted to tell you, is it okay if I say something about ghosts? Well, uh, ghosts or ghosts? Uh, ghosts. Just a second. I got, hold on, just one moment, because it'll only take two seconds. All right going to say something about ghosts. Boy, that was a good, uh, that sure was a good letter from an immortal woman. All right, are you back? Yes. All right. Uh, I had a plumbing problem here and the whole thing busted. Anyway, um, the other evening on uh, Night Before Halloween, we were talking about ghosts. Um, yeah, have you ever heard of a gentleman called Robert Wadlow, they call the Alton Giant? 
No. Okay, well, he's pretty well known throughout the whole United States. He was like eight foot eleven or something, and he died very young. And he died many, many years ago. Anyway, the house that we, my wife and I, owned. Oh, is this a ghost story? Yes, it is. Oh, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm kind of not taking them because if I get started with ghost stories again here, I won't be able to stop it. If okay, you, that's if okay. You, if you've got a really good ghost story, save it. Um, we may be forced to do a semi-annual ghost show. Okay. Um, so when I do a show, save it for that. I'll do that, sir. All right. Bless your heart. And um, uh, one other thing, uh, I'm a uh, well, I'm still in the reserves, but uh, you know that fellow that he always calls in. I always get him confused with that the, the guy that claims to be a Democrat, Charlie or something like that. Charles. Well, there's Charlie, and then there's Doc Democrat, and then there's a bunch of others. But it's the Charles guy. <laughs> y yeah. Uh, the other evening, right before the radio went on a blink again, when you were talking to somebody that's having that dispute or whatever conversation. Uh, I'm inclined to go along with what he said and what you said as well. That uh, if if asked, would he go to Bosnia? Well, he he answered the question right there. He sure did. He said no, and uh, I, that's a, that's a perfectly good reason why he liked President Clinton. Having been to Vietnam myself for 18 months and two other wars, he uh, I think he fits right up there with Willie. <laughs> Appreciate your uh, your call, sir. Thank you. Um... It would take an unusual person, which President Clinton is, to be able to order uh, 20, 25,000 Americans to go stand in Bosnia in the middle of the landmines and all the danger when he was not himself willing uh, to fight in a war which, though very controversial, arguably uh, had more national security uh, reasons to be fought than um, what we're going to have to do in Bosnia. It would truly take a person with malleable principles. <laughs> How's that? Malleable principles to be able to give such an order. West of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hello. Hi, Art. This is Joseph from Aurora Randy. Hi. How's it going? Fine. Yeah. Um, you know, when I first heard about that uh, Vince Foster thing, I mean, it just—it was too off the wall. Even when I when I first heard about the uh, alleged suicide, it was just—it was just too too fantastic. Yeah, it felt wrong. Yeah, I, I had bad feelings about it, and I still do. Uh, but uh, I wanted to congratulate you on your uh, trip to Peru. Well, I haven't made it yet. Well, when you go. Um, I think I am going to go. Yes. Yeah. Uh. Yeah, I want to go, too. You do? Yeah. I mean, uh, well, not with you, but by myself. <laughs> well, that'll be all right. Uh, you don't have to go with me. I'm always interested in... Uh, I called you about the crop circles a, wh a while back. Yes. And um, the lady that had called you earlier about them... Yes. She, uh, was t she, had, she had actually, without even knowing, had given an explanation... Was it? Um, I, I feel that there's some kind of um, uh, there are universal thought patterns uh, sent to awaken uh, our inner being. Well, then why don't they write them in some way that we can understand? In other words, like uh, you know, instead of these uh, hard to understand circles and uh, symbols, symbology, 
Why not just say, humans, get it together or else? Well, well in an effect, they are how we understand, how we understand truth. Well, I, 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 I'm sorry, I don't, uh, you're going to have to give me some, something more to go on than that. Um, what evidence can you give me that these crop circles have any meaning whatsoever? Uh, all we have to do is just look in the mirror at ourselves. All right, well, okay, thanks, uh, that's uh, an answer, but it's not one that I'm looking for. I'm not saying the crop circles do not have some meaning that we have not yet managed to grasp. They are interesting, they're intriguing, uh, they're not, uh, I've seen no uh, ready explanation for them, but I've also seen no interpretation or scientific analysis of what they do mean by anybody. So, if they wanted the message to be clear, it should be written in English. And now, believe me, if that began appearing in fields around the country, uh, get it together, or the Petri dish is about to be cleaned out, something along those lines, then we'd have something to go on. Uh, east of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hey, Art. Uh, calling from uh, K.O. Denver? Yes, sir. Yeah, this is John. Hi. Listen, just a couple notes on the uh, Vince Foster thing in media. Sure. Uh, about, I think it was a week ago Sunday, the New York Times did a real hatchet job on uh, Chris... Uh, Chris Ruddy? Yeah. Along with uh, 60 Minutes. Yeah, and that was just, interestingly, a couple of days before he was on your show with the new evidence. But also, on the good side, the uh, day before yesterday, Rush did a segment. and uh, I know, I, I heard it. Yeah, well, I, w I was glad because there's so many listeners, and I thought, gee, he's finally catching up to Art here. So um, the other good thing today is that I finally did her on a regular news channel, uh, a rather sarcastic statement from Senator D'Amato about these hearings and how uh, it seemed rather odd that nobody in Hillary Clinton's office uh, was able to recall any of these telephone conversations. Well, Senator D'Amato's uh, sarcastic about a lot of things, but uh, <laughs> um, yeah, you're right. Yeah, in other words, it, you, be, you, you really deserve some congratulations for being on this thing as you've been. In fact, I'm one of the guys who called in and talked to Chris Ruddy that one time. Uh, oh, yes. I remember asking him about uh, the uh, cover-up, if you want to call it that, with the, with the driving accident. And he said it was interesting how they hushed that up so quickly. Uh, anyway, some things are happening, and I think they're in large part uh, due to you, so I hope you get some response from, uh, from what you're doing, Art. I thank you, my friend. Okay. Take care. I'm not an investigator. I am. I repeat, I'm just a talk show host, and I'm just trying to follow the truth, follow the path to the truth. And um, I, I think it was a great book title, wasn't it, uh, referring to religion, Evidence That Demands a Verdict. Well, let's change it a little and say Evidence That Demands an Investigation. <laughs> Listening to Art Bell Somewhere in Time. Tonight featuring Coast to Coast AM from November 2nd, 1995. Back we go, east of the Rockies. You're on the air. Hi. How are you doing tonight? Okay, where are you? I'm in Braden, Florida. Bradenton, Florida. Excellent. Right. Glad to have you. Um, I was just calling because uh, it's interesting. You're talking about uh, having a hard time convincing people to look into stuff. 
I uh, I just talked to Dan Miller's office yesterday. He's our congressman over here in, in this area, and we uh, a few of us got together and have been looking into a lot of stuff, uh, including Waco and the the uh, Oklahoma City bombing and uh, a lot of other stuff that in, involves Clinton. But uh, we can't seem to get anybody interested in the stuff that we have. Well, what do you have? Well, I've got, uh, I don't know if you've seen it, there's a, there's a couple of videos out that uh, were made by Linda Thompson on uh, Waco. And, you mean the uh, same Linda Thompson that called for people to go marching on Washington and have... Yeah, you know have, what's funny, and, have, and wait a minute, and have, have uh, people's trials and hang congressmen from the street if they don't meet her demands? That, that sure sounds like a great idea. No, I'm that, kidding. I'm kidding. Well, no. no, no, sir, stop. Linda Thompson was on my program. Back when she was doing her initial work on Waco, mm -hmm. it had value. Linda Thompson blew herself out of the water. But Linda, not, her, not, not the pictures. Uh, I mean, I'm yes, talking yes. about the pictures. Uh, yeah, even to some degree there. Because there, there is continuing photography um, showing that tank uh, continuing to pull back and showing clearly an item on it burning. So that was a computerized digital uh, enhancement. The, the actual video that she had was uh, analog video, which uh, can't Well, the, the reason with. you can't get anybody interested is because Linda Thompson hurt herself. Well, I agree with that, but I'm saying as an individual, let's, uh, let's set her aside and say, okay. yes, she's, she's uh, a nutcase. I don't disagree with that at I all. I didn't say that. Okay, well, I, I will say that. If she's calling for the overthrow of the government with uh, violent means, of course, that's ridiculous. But uh, well, she we did have that. You know, you, you know that she did that on this program, and I actually went live for an extra hour. I couldn't believe she was saying it. I wanted to give her a chance to take it back, mm -hmm. or squirm out of it, or whatever. And she just dug a deeper hole, and uh, that show ended. And I never had her back, and I never will. Right. Well, I don't. I don't disagree with you there. I just. My point is simply that uh, the second video that she made is just chock full of not only uh, video pictures, but also documentation of uh, different things that, uh, that clearly show that... Yeah, not all her work was bad. Look, sir, we all know there's a hell of a lot that was wrong with what occurred at Waco and Ruby Ridge. But these things are being investigated still. Um, uh, we just got done with more Waco hearings. Uh, Ruby Ridge yet will produce, I feel, indictments. Um... But they're, the they're Vince, still not going after the stuff that we... But the Vince Foster case, sir, uh, that one is like all, all but signed, sealed, and delivered as being a suicide. Well, did you did you read the article that came out uh, last week about the juror, the grand juror that, uh, that was thrown out of the grand jury because uh, uh, he wanted to talk out about the larger conspiracy and the, the bombing? Did you hear about that? No. Same as uh, Hoppy Heidelberg, 55 years old. Yeah. He was one of the grand jurors, and he was thrown off because he said that there's a lot of evidence that's being covered up by the government uh, of a grand conspiracy of many more people than the two that they've, they've arrested. Well, um, I would say that grand juror might have been out of line. Without he, says, I don't, he says in the article, I'm reading it here, it says, I don't... It is not for an individual grand juror to get up proclaiming conspiracies and blah, blah, blah. It is for the grand juror to sit there and receive evidence 
and decide whether indictments are justified you know, based on based on that they evidence. Refused, they refused to show the evidence. He says there's considerable considerable evidence that there were more than two people involved, and that should have been presented in the the families of the. Well, if the evidence was so strong, then why didn't the rest of the grand jury walk out? Well, I'm I'm sure that they're considering that. I, I certainly would. I, I have I have more evidence than the uh, government cares to talk about. I I'm one of those people that have nothing to, better to do with my life than to than to dig around and sneak around and try to figure things out. You yeah, know, well, the trouble the trouble the, the trouble with that is you listen on the air. The trouble with that is, and I think um, that's what happened to uh, Linda. You can become involved in this so-called, I'll put it in quotes, patriot movement. And there is so much disinformation, misinformation, uh, downright paranoia, that if you've got, as you just said, too much time on your hands, you can begin to get to be affected by it. And I'm telling you, because I receive daily doses of it, by facts. Uh, to the degree that I had to threaten to sue some people to stop them from sending me faxes. And I would have, too. I was all prepared. I don't want to see that tripe. There are proper venues for investigation. Um, and a lot of what's going on out there, and again, this so-called, quote, patriot community, is downright dangerous paranoia. And it's going to lead to more anti-government bombings. It's going to lead to, uh, eventually, unchecked, a clash between the militias and the government. And maybe more. It's dangerous. We still have a system that allows proper investigation of apparent wrongdoing or alleged wrongdoing. And we'd better stay within those guidelines. And when we leave them, we do so at the peril of all we have built. Wildcard Line, you're on the air. Hello, Art. This is Dan in the U District. Hey, Dan. And guess what was in my mailbox yesterday? My book. You got it. <laughs> and uh, I'm not going to rush into it. I'm going to uh, take it a little bit at a time, uh, sort of savor it like a fine wine. Well, um, I will ask you only this tonight. Yep. Is is it a beautiful book or what? Fabulously beautiful. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it surpassed my expectations. Mm -hmm. uh, when you said it was a work of art, you, you hit the nail on the head. Well, and, uh, I wanted it to be special, and you know I was approached by Harper Collins and a bunch of other big ones. Um, what I wanted is what I got, and yeah. it is beautiful. And tomorrow night... I'm going to set aside a line, finally. I've been trying not to talk about my book. <laughs> I'm going to set aside a line, and I'm going to let people like you who have the book talk about it. Well, I don't see anything wrong with you talking about your book. Well, I know, but... If I if I put out a book like that, I'd be real proud of it. I'd be I am proud of it, death. sir. I'm, I'm so proud of it that I burst. But, yeah. um, but I wanted to wait until it got into enough hands out there so it was realistic to open the phone lines. It is there now. Uh -huh. A lot of people will get it, no doubt, also on Friday. Right. And we'll let the audience decide. Oh, yeah. You're going to get some good feedback on that. Well, I, I certainly hope so. As I said, I am proud of it. And uh, it'll be out again in the second printing in mid-November. 
Just in time for Christmas. All right. <laughs> That's really neat. Dan, you get the honor. Say goodnight, America. From the U District in Seattle, Washington, keep looking up and good night, America. That's it. Good night. Good night.